gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It'll be fine on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnumidium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, Patty just dives in. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live always from the Sinorama Studios. Sinorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, Sinorama in West Columbia. They are Gamecock owned and operated, and we are proud partners with Matt Vaughn and his team there and happy that they can be proud partners with us as well. Merry Christmas, folks. We're one week away from opening gifts after Santa makes his way across the globe, and this will be our final few days of 2023. Phil, JC, and I will be with you through Thursday. We'll recap National Signing Day, and then we will be off until January the 3rd, and uh, we wish you all the happiest of holiday season. Speaking of Phil, there he is. I'm JB. JC will be here in just a minute. We'll be joined in a little while by John Whittle, and uh, we've got plenty to get to with him, of course, Gamecocks adding a bunch of commitments this weekend from the transfer portal. Uh, there is one that is still unannounced, uh, although it is one that certainly is going to be impactful for Gamecock football. So we'll get into all that today. We will take a look back and a look forward comparing each room on the football roster as well prior to the portal and now with the portal still in motion. But since they have added many of these players, we'll do a, uh, you know, worse, better, or status quo style of breakdown on each of these position groups as uh, programming moves on. Gamecock basketball continues to win, although it was a nice little scare on Saturday, Phil. Carolina, I don't think, thought that one would be as close as it was uh, with the Bucks of CSU walking into town and firing some shots up there, making it look a lot closer than it needed to be. But the uh, Gamecocks able to pull it out there at the end and they just continue to win, and they continue to stay in a lot of bracketologies and things like that as we are set to turn the page here to 2024 pretty soon. Just keep winning. Just keep winning. Gamecocks have three games left here in the non-con before they get to Mississippi State in the SEC. The Nana Sports chat box, of course, is open, and the text line is also 803-766-6320, 803-766-6320 if you'd like to get a hold of us, or of course, you can just comment in the chat line and we'll try to 
try to get it out here in just a little bit uh, and uh, fuss and discuss over the next uh, couple of hours. I know JC and Morgan is uh, wrapping up. Are they done or are they still wrapping up? Getting close. It's like, I'm sorry. Is there some, I got a lot going on right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I figured. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So they're uh, like with the basketball thing. They're almost done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what. That's what. Uh. We're live on Instagram. Yep. Yeah, it's all good. We'll uh, we'll make sure that we. Uh, we get all that stuff wrapped up here. Uh, I'll carry you through. John Whittle's coming up here in just about uh, in just about ten minutes as well. But uh, good to see if y'all all of you in there in the Nana Sports chat box. Whittle, of course, will be on the uh, McKellar Enterprise McKellar Enterprises guest line. Uh, Meredith, by the way, has awesome gift cards available right now. If you need a last minute gift for the golfer in your family, uh, make sure you head to McKellarEnterprises.com and get those gift cards for some golf lessons, try to get some things cleaned up. I played on Friday, as a matter of fact. Once again, half the game's there, the other half isn't. Banging it off the tee, can't hit a putt. So, uh, Meredith, maybe I might need to send some video in to her to try to get me to where I can get some of these suckers sank into the cup instead of you know flying all around it. But uh, anyways, a lot on the portal today. National Signing Day is this week as well. Gamecock set to add a top 20 class. Uh, in college football, and don't at this point in time expect any deflections from that, although you never know until it's all inked, done, and signed, sealed, and delivered, or however you want to call it. Uh, but Carolina's class is a good one, and they're expected to hold on to all of them uh, as signing day comes this week. Shane Beamer and his staff have literally been on the road since the end of the season, and I know that there was a plan initially for him to be able to hang around the facility as much as possible and try to get some things cleaned up with the players currently on the roster. And they did do that, uh, but uh, also have had to get out and go see all the kids that are signing out of high school, go see all the kids that are, you know, they're trying to reel in via the transfer portal and, uh, and shore up all those relationships, introduce themselves to others and the whole nine yards. So um, it has been just a chaotic time for Beamer and his staff as they try to get it all pieced together here. Uh, This is a very, very important week for the future of Gamecock football. And, you know, the again, we'll go over a ton of this um, as as the week goes along with the with the high school kids coming in. But, you know, just kind of a reminder here, you know, what's at stake? I mean, South Carolina, again, is set to to hold on to pretty much everybody, but they've got two five stars in this class and both of them are on the defensive or on the lines of scrimmage, one on the defensive side, Dylan Stewart, and then Josiah Thompson, a national top 30 prospect, uh, the tackle out of Dylan on the offensive side up front. Cam Pringle is a guy right there who, you know, I'll just say his name because everybody knows who he is, but you know, Greg Atkins told me, look, I've been coaching the offensive line for over 30 years. I've never seen two, two tackles like this in one class. And um, and he thinks that Cam Pringle is every bit a five-star prospect as well, uh, regardless of the rankings. But there you, you got your four-star prospect, uh, four-star tackle in Pringle. You got Michael Smith coming in as a four-star tight end. You got Wendell Gregory as a four-star linebacker. You got Mazio Bennett as a four-star receiver. You got Jalua Solomon as a four-star corner. Kelvin Hunter as a four-star safety. Dante Reno, four-star quarterback. Braden Lee, a four-star cornerback. Uh, Matthew Fuller, a four-star running back in the composite, 
And then your three stars are uh, linebacker Fred Johnson, offensive lineman Blake Franks, Zamirian Lang. Uh, maybe, again, we're keeping an eye on him, a, a guy who could but now is not expected uh, to deflect. Uh, Jerome Simmons, we just got his commitment last weekend to South Carolina out of uh, Highland Community College, originally from Bamberg. Big old defensive lineman. Gamecocks beat the dogs uh, for him. David Busey, the safety. And then Mason Love, who was on our show a few months ago, the punter out of Riverside, Missouri. So it's an outstanding class uh, that's addressing the needs, including those that are coming from the transfer portal. They feel really good about this group. And, um, and, and all those guys, especially all the ones who are expected to fill some real needs at South Carolina, no deflections are anticipated from any of them. Um, so I felt like, Phil, it was probably the right time to kind of mention some of their names. We will be mentioning some of them later on this week. But with the transfer portal, you forget that there's this whole group of high school kids that's been recruited and committed and they're set to ink, and, and, and the, the portal has just just overwhelmed that entire conversation. So I was sitting here looking at all this stuff in prep this morning, and I said, I'm going to rename all these guys. I think we forget that, that there is a high school class coming in as well, and Carolina is expected to be in pretty good shape with them. Yeah, it does. It, it all gets drowned out in this day and age of, you know, portal and NIL and, and just, you know, the craziness that ensues. Uh, it, it really, you would think they've got to do something like at least to be fair to these coaches and staffs, because here we are. I mean, we're in the middle of the holiday season, too. and These guys want to spend time with their families, but I mean, crazy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you made a point to bring it up, JB, because it's like, if, if not, it would just like, oh, yeah, today's National Signing Day, and then all these guys are coming in early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's you're just like, oh, yeah, all that was going on in the background. But, yeah, I mean, you, you've, you've done well going five and seven and, you know, not meeting the expectations of the fan base, or I'm sure anybody's, you know, desires or expectations within the program to keep this top tier class intact. Right. Uh, it's what is going to continue to build the future here at the program. Cause it's like from, from what limited, you know, history we have with this transfer portal and high school recruiting, it seems to me that the healthiest way to attack this is to continue to recruit at a high level from the high school ranks and then address specific needs in the transfer portal uh, or upgrade in the mm -hmm. transfer. Don't just take whoever wants to come, be selective. And it looks like the staff is doing a great job of being able to fill needs and upgrade positions. So, I mean, yep. it's a, that, that's how you're going to win um, long term. Well, and, and, and like I mentioned earlier, we're going to go over a lot of that with JC, position group by position group, upgrade, downgrade, or status quo. Um, and it doesn't mean that it won't change, but like, you know, you could probably envision the conversation we'll have about the quarterback room. I mean, Spencer Rattler is departing. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's not necessarily going to be a bad thing, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll be honest about where, where it is now. Uh, and since Friday, I mean, Carolina's done, I mean, they've been cleaning it up, you know, with, with the additions of Brady Hunt over the weekend, 
Um, Jawan Howell, the running back from South Carolina State. Um, you know, Joe Kilgore, the brother of Jalon Kilgore. Um, Kyle Kennard was an enormous, enormous pickup. Uh, and uh, there's still one that is that is unannounced. But, but uh, you know, here's what we can say about that. You know, Gamecock fans will, will really like it. We just want to make sure that we're respectful uh, to, to this young man to be able to announce his decision. I mean, all these coming since last, you know, just a few days ago. And, um, you know, you, you look at you look at a guy like Brady Hunt, for instance. Wow. Uh, I mean, I know that he didn't get a chance to play this past season because he was hurt. Um, but if he if he resembles anything of 2022, a freshman All-American, and, and I know that he was at Ball State, but they didn't take him because they think he's going to come in and just be a backup like this. This kid is a. From what I was told, like, nah, he's a, he's a guy, he's a guy, and and he's going to be yeah. a plug and play guy, six six, two hundred fifty pound tight end who catches everything that's thrown to him, and um and is you know figured out how to block and things like that at this level. It'll be a little bit different in the SEC. Now you look like you look at Kyle Kennard, Phil. I mean, again, a plug and play guy. I mean, the Gamecocks have done nothing but address their needs in the portal. Um, I mean, w- when we talked about this, what? Right after the Clemson game, before I don't know, you could probably say for the most most of the fall. Okay, well, what are they going to need to do? Well, they're going to have to clean up the running back room. I'd say they've done that. Um, they're they're going to need to fill the holes at, on the defensive line, right? They're going to probably have to find an edge guy or two and get some tackles in there, some butt and gut. Well, they, they've done that. Um, you know, I I. I they're not done here. They're they're going to sign more, um, but they they do have to address the wide receiver room. At least, I I think like if you're using the, I know they like the guys that they have. They've got a bunch of young talent. They just haven't they haven't grown into themselves yet in in college, yeah. right? But like, if you were planning to attack the transfer portal for a wide receiver uh, who can be wr one. Um, I don't know the answer to this, but have they gotten that yet? Like, I think we can all safely say they've gotten that of the running back room. They've gotten that of the edge position. They, you know, their defensive tackles that they're bringing in are, are going to compete. I mean, I don't know that they're going to beat out TJ Sanders or Boogie Huntley. They might, I don't, I, I don't know, but they certainly have guys who, who have kind of, you know, they're in that conversation. I don't know the answer to this. I really don't, but I don't know that Jared Brown and Jaden McGowan are, 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 the guy who's going to pop right in and, you know, maybe give you a thousand yards. I, I don't, they might, one of them might, I have no idea, but like, I, I just don't, I don't know that it's as easy to see as some of these other positions. So I'm sure they're going to continue. Well, I know they are going to continue to, uh, to attack that group there, but those were really the three, right? I mean, if you could find a tackle on the offensive side that, that can play, plug him in and go, uh, if you find the right guy, you sign him. If not, you know they're returning their entire offensive line and adding a ton of talent. They feel really comfortable with that, um, regardless of what happened this past year. You knew you needed to sign a tight end. They're doing that. No, I so, mean you know, it's, yeah, they're they're attacking it from. Uh, I mean, obviously the the most well thought out position. Uh, I mean, you know, we talked about Kennard coming off the edge. I mean, you got Jules coming in from Pitt too to help shore up you know, the tackle position. So, right. uh, you know, it, it's they're, everything that they're going after, you know, they seem to be 
nailing what it is that is needed inside and you know accompany that with what you've got developing already in the program and the i mean just vast talent that you have in this high school class um and some of those guys are coming in early, so they're going to get to go through spring practice. They're going to get to go through the entire summer weight program. They're going to, you know, they're not just going to show up, you know, in July and or August and, and try to, you know, acclimate themselves to the program. So I, there's no need for all the doom and gloom because there's still it's it's just baffling, JB. There are people out there still just, you know, woe is me and oh, my goodness, look what we've lost. Uh, without considering what we're gaining. It's too early to tell on a lot of what they're gaining uh, and what they've already got in that locker room. It's never too early, though, to have John Little. We need to step aside for a timeout. The we got to come up with a nickname for him. What are we going to call him? The Great One or something? It's got to be something big and bold. You know, it can't be just like, like yeah, it can't be like J-Dub. It's got to be like no. the Great One or, you know, great can't one. miss. You know, I don't know. We, we'll think about that. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, his name is John, and he is coming up next here on Inside the Gamecocks, the, the show. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my home. These windows could 
Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, one week away from Christmas Day. Welcome back. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey and powered by our friends at Electric Bikes of Charleston. There's a last-minute gift if you don't have one. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. No, 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 they're not cheap because if they are, then they wouldn't be as good as they are. I don't buy cheap bikes. Hopefully you don't either. Electric Bikes of Charleston, ElectricBikesCharleston.com. The Wilkins family, Merry Christmas to them, and thank we can't thank them enough for their partnership here. Uh, John Whittle's the best in the business, and we're honored to have him every single Monday, but not next Monday. That will be Christmas, and uh, John, I know, likes us to work on holidays, though we won't be working on that one. Hey, bud. Y- y'all can take Christmas off. Okay. Get hey, nice. nice. We're allowed. <laughs> all, all, all three hours. The two oh. for Labor Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would like to say, with all due respect to the people at Electric Bikes for Charleston, I am powered this morning by chicken cock whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. Little, it's, let's have, it's, let's have it's, a fun segment. It's 11.25 a.m. Oh. Yeah, well, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, it's noon right, somewhere. John? Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, yeah, more than yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's right. go. Let's roll. I'm big. I'm a big fan of that. So uh, I appreciate you uh, waking up. Is it in your coffee or just straight? Just just uh, the, just, just a uh, just a little bit of ice on the rocks. Oh, the, like, Monday morning on the rocks. That's right. There should be a song about that. Um, all right, John. Well, um, we got uh, quite a few things to get to here um, uh, from the football side, and then certainly want to get into get into some hoops. Um, we'll let JC get specifically into a lot of the ins and outs of these portal guys. It's been a big weekend for Gamecock football, but thus far, it, it seems like they're addressing first and foremost the things that needed to be addressed. Much different from where they were a year ago. <laughs> yeah, lost some really key pieces last year. Uh, more than more than were brought in for sure, and you know, not to uh, um, discredit. Antoine Wells or, or, or Mario Anderson, but um, 
you know, I think South Carolina has done a little bit better in terms of – and Mitch Jeter too. I think South Carolina has done a little bit better in terms of losing key valuable pieces uh, this offseason and also done a better job of bringing some guys in. So, as you mentioned, it's it's uh, it's been very good first week uh, for the Gamecocks in terms of hosting visitors, getting commitments, and, and so forth. So, uh, really address some positions of need, and we'll see if they're the right guys is – once uh once september rolls around yeah. i know it's hard to believe it's still actually december you know of 2023 hey, <laughs> right you know, i know one of the things a couple of years ago and by the way if anybody hasn't paid attention if you're listening and not watching jc is here as well Hello. um, um I, I know a couple of years ago after i think it was after the 21 season one of the things that this staff wanted to do uh, that I know that Shane wanted to do was spend a a little bit more time at home um, at the end of the season kind of dealing with the current roster because you have to do that now and or you can't even really go recruit because you don't know what you're going to have to recruit Um, and but I know after his first year they what they did was immediately they ran out they got on the road they're out running around and they learned some things and then last year they kind of you know, maybe stayed home a little bit more, at least adjusted their recruiting calendar here in December to uh, to kind of take care of some things on the home front. Um, and the, uh, you know, I don't know that their tr- portal recruiting suffered. I don't know that that was why that happened, but it did. And then this year, they've kind of really been back out on the grind. I mean, just out flying around, seeing guys. And one of the things I've noticed, John, is they're taking like the entire side of the football with them. You know, if they're going to see a defensive guy, every dadgum defensive coach is in that living room. Same thing on the offense. Is there anything behind any of that strategy? Have you spoken anything about that? You know, what, what, what do you make of it? Well, there, there's only a limited time that you can be out on the road, and there's only so many contacts that you can make with a kid. So, uh, but, but you also want to leave an impression when, when you're with that kid. So, you know, sometimes uh, a coach has a specific bond or, or, or a better bond or – now, sometimes it's it's, uh, you know, that particular player is is really important to to that side of the football. So, you know, Shane Beamer has been out, you know, visiting, visiting a bunch of guys. And, and he's brought, as you mentioned, you know, staff members with him as well. So you know, that uh, that that does several things, including including, uh, you know, the 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 assistant coach typically has the the deep relationship. Right. Like Shane doesn't know as much about these players as as uh, as the position coaches do, which is normal. Uh, so it, it, it you know, that that provides a, a little bit of an extra bit of knowledge in there for for uh, for for Shane when he's in there having conversations and so forth. So, you know, but there it, it comes back to, you know, there's there's only so much time that you have before dead periods begin and when and visits can can end, you know, uh, there we're we're now in a in a in a dead period, so coaches can't be out on the road. Uh, guys can't come in do uh, guys can't come into campus and visit, so they had to squeeze a lot and do a little bit of time. Well, they've done that, and now you've got this crazy week that is set to happen here. Um, I just saw a tweet a little bit ago. Think about this for we talk about this all the time. The timeline of everything, right? Like something needs to change. Carolina is not in a bowl game this year. But if they were in a bowl game, in addition to bowl prep and end-of-season meetings and all those type things, you'd be dealing with recruiting your own roster. You'd be dealing with recruiting transfers to your roster. And you'd be dealing with signing day. Coming up this Wednesday, 
it's one year to the day of the first round games and the college football playoff next year. There's no way, right, guys? There's no way that they're going to have signing day the week of the college football playoff games next season. There's got to be something adjusted, right? Is that that's nuts? There's they can't do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the right answer is because you also have to have time for um, you know players to to get into the portal and make decisions before enrolling into class. We we are we we also have to remember that that school piece of of everything too. Um, so you know some classes start in at different times in different places as well. Some start early January, some start later January. Uh, but you know you you have to be able to figure out the the school piece of it too when balancing all of this as well. I mean, I, I don't know what the right answer is. JC probably has, has some better ideas than I do, but you know, I'm, I'm at the point where you get rid of the early signing period. I mean, why, why, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that that's really serving a whole heck of a lot. Uh, you can still enroll early. You're just not, you know, signing a letter and putting a, putting another deadline out there just back into February like it was. And I don't know how much that solves either. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what the right answers are. It, it's 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 impossible when you're trying to balance so many things when you're talking about bowl games, portal, portal windows, high school recruiting, um, and class is is something is always gonna be getting the short end of the stick and and, and December is always gonna be an incredibly busy time for coaches. What what if they mention the holidays on top of all that? Well, exactly. Like, and that's the human side of this. I mean, even, you know, Shane has talked about this before. Like, you know, guys, like, I get it. Everybody wants to poke fun at coaches because we make a bunch of money. And, well, you're getting paid all this money. You should be able to handle this, that, and the other. But they're still humans. They still have children. They still have wives. They still would like to, you know, maybe spend a day or two around the house just being a, a dad. I think there's nothing wrong with that, no matter how much money you make, right? I mean, I know not in some people's eyes, at least the people on Twitter, but. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's asinine. What, what if uh, we've heard this before? Like, could you, JC? I want to make sure you're lumped into this here because you, y'all hear it from every side. Coaches, uh, like some coaches, might not like this because they they don't get the extra three months to see a kid that's on their commitment list. They they can't wiggle out of it. But what if you had an early signing period like in August? You just got it out of the way. I mean, what would be wrong with that? What are the pros and cons to that? I like it because it, the kid can concentrate on his senior year and not worry about it. And a lot of these players nowadays, I mean, in South Carolina's case, my, I mean, they, they're basically done. A lot of schools are done by the time the season starts. A player can focus on his high school season, uh, not have to worry about official visits and, and the pressure of making a decision. Because uh, the pressure's there to get it done during the early period. Very few are waiting until the second one these days. Um, the issue with that is you're going to have to have coaching change provisions. Uh, you're going to have to have, um, you know, a situation where if a young man signs with a school and his coach gets fired, you can let him out. Well, they already do that for the portal. Like, they already say, all right, you're free to go if your coach gets fired. I don't see what the big deal is with the letter of intent, letting them out of that if that happens. Um, you know, so I, I like that Dabo actually came up with that, believe it or not. Oh, it's not of an August. 
Uh, and, you know, that, that, that would take some of the pressure off. You're still going to have to recruit the portal during this time. You're still going to have to recruit your own roster during this time until something changes. But, um, you know, I think that uh, I think that would help take some of the, I guess, the pressure to get the high school stuff uh, in the boat right now uh, away. And, and it makes sense because they've already, you know, most of them already decided. There, there's, there's not a lot of drama when it comes to high school recruiting uh, during this time period these days, uh, whereas two or three years ago it was. And it's all portal now. I mean, you look yeah. at the front page of 24-7 sports, all portal. So um, I, I would probably try to do that and, and kind of maybe it would become to where, you know, college football, for better or worse, most of your recruiting is done during the summer and you get it for, for the high school level and then you get it done and, you know, maybe one or two here or there. Um, I don't necessarily like that for the game because it sort of eliminates opportunities for senior risers. Uh, if you're a uh, – you're a JUCO, I think you're kind of licking your chops or a D2 school because you're about to get some players that the big boys would have gotten because they're not going to be looking at that point in time. But uh, uh, if, if they're going to cram everything into one month, it is what it is at this point. Well, let, let me let me ask a question. Let me play host for a second. Um, what what would what would be uh, the ramifications of not having a specific signing day at all and having having players sign whenever they want to say you get an offer in September coaches feel good about you getting an offer. You go ahead and That's sign fine. your NLI then. Well, uh, I think, I think that makes the most sense. So let me bring something else into this, John. I know where you're going with this. First of all, we all know one of the answers to that. There's this thing called the media and they make a bunch of money on it, which is crazy. But the other side, right? If you, if we're going to continue to go towards this employee model, do you have an early signing period for 24 seven sports? Do you have a do you have a signing period, or do you just get your contract and sign it, right? And that right. kind of how it works. So that's right. probably where this should be trending. But uh, it, it's not you don't get the you don't get the glamour of National Signing Day. Well, is there any glamour of National Signing Day anymore? Anyway, I mean, no. right now it's is in December, right before Christmas, when everybody's talking about the portal. And all of the schools are, are closed. Like there were signing days um, a couple of weeks ago. I, the the kid and um, the Staley kid had one, I, I think, and and uh, and si- signed with Tennessee. And people are on the Big Spur message boards talking about, well, we we can't get him anymore. He's officially signed with Tennessee. He doesn't he doesn't have. No, he didn't. He didn't sign anything. Mm-hmm. Like he, he didn't he didn't sign anything that binds him to going there. They can't sign NLIs until until uh, until that window opens on Wednesday. If you you can't even get an NLI at that point, and if and if you had one, if you sign it before I think it's seven o'clock in the morning or maybe it's midnight, if you sign it before that time, it's void anyway. So, like I don't I don't think that there's much to celebrate right now in terms of a, a signing day, uh, other than just other than just saying you know these are our guys who we've officially got. You know, I this is it, maybe every day could be a signing day if you really wanted it to be. Um, so yes. I, I don't know. It, it's just it's interesting to me. I think that eliminates. Um, I think that eliminates early offers to or uncommittable offers. Um, I think that can take a lot of pressure off of a kid who's getting hit up by a bunch of schools, but knows where he wants to go. Maybe like a Dylan Stewart, like he's he's been signed, sealed, and delivered for South Carolina 
without being officially signed for, for forever. But I can tell you, he's got everybody and their brother still hitting him up. Uh, if he, if you were officially signed, then he wouldn't have to deal with it. So I, I don't know, just some thoughts. Well, I think, I think, I think you're on to something. I, I also, I mean, we're all big fans of high school football and high school baseball and basketball and everything else around here. Um, I think it'd be something neat for the high school level if you were able to do this before the season, you know, kind of a kickoff to high school sports, uh, something that gives these young men, these these dudes, a chance to kind of have their day. And then throughout the season, you know, you're checking your schedules and you're going, wow, will Berkeley and Somerville play on Friday night? Oh, yeah, that kid that's going to Carolina plays. You know, he's already signed. It's it's done. You know, it gives them some notoriety. There might be something to that as well, John. I, I don't know. I, I do know this, that it doesn't matter which coach you talk to, whether it's Shane or anybody on that staff or Dabo or whoever it is. It doesn't matter. They all tell you the same thing. Like, this this is not good for for us. This is not good for everybody. Like, we've, we've got to find a way to fix this. And I would imagine that a lot of these kids, too, like all these kids that just committed through the portal, for instance, like, I mean, it's 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 hard for them. I mean, it's hard for them, but but also they they only have a small period of time because they got to enroll in class. So you know, if if you eliminate one or the other or move it, it's got to be signing day for the high school kids. It can't be for the portal kids. Right. I, I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Spe- speaking of the portal, um, you know the the big names that are popping for Carolina, and they're not done. We all know that. Um, Rocket obviously has has kind of stolen the show. Over the last few days, um, and and you you look at a guy like Kyle Kennard who committed this past weekend. He's a plug and play kid. He's a, he's a great football player out of Georgia Tech. But but dude, I'm gonna circle a couple of players now, and uh, we'll come back to it in the spring, and and then we'll definitely come back to it in the fall. But Gerald Kilgore and Jawan Howell are going to play at Carolina, because um, first of all, I'm gonna make a big prediction on the Kilgore front that you're going to have the Kilgore brothers back there killing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go that far, but uh, they're going to be back. They don't there let pop- safeties do that anymore. JB. They don't let I safeties guess. do that. <laughs> <laughs> they got, they've got enough DJ Swearinger in them, but that'll get you tossed these days. Um, but, um, but the, you know, this kid coming to play with his brother, first of all, that's a, that's a neat story and good for the family. I know they're from Eatonton, Georgia. And then uh, the running back, uh, Juwan Howell, Coming up from South Carolina State, he's a football player, and I, I, I would, I think that Oscar Attaway and um, Rocket Sanders coming in is a huge deal for Carolina. Those guys are going to play. We all know that, but there's no way I'm just putting this kid on the back burner. Like, yeah, he's coming from South Carolina State. Yeah, he's gonna have something to say about that. What, what do you think, John? I, I think when you're the best at something, that's that's a great thing, and. You know, you could be the best left-handed plumber in the state of South Carolina who weighs more than 250 pounds, and you've accomplished something, I guess. Uh, with with uh, Howell, he's the rookie of the year in the MEAC. Like he's done something. He's gone out there and done something. Um, you know, I, I I like the receiver from Coastal uh, personally. I mean, he was uh, Jared Brown. He was he was the Sun Belt freshman of the year a couple years ago. I, he didn't have as as big a year this past year. Um, for whatever reason, maybe it's new coach, whatever. Uh, but I mean, those guys, those guys have done something and, you know, we, we've seen, um, 
you know, uh, Gerald, we, we've seen Jalen come in and, and, and have a great year. He's, he's, he's learned at safety. He's learned at nickel. Um, you know, he, he's, I, I feel like Gerald's probably, probably right in that mix too. You know, not only is, is he a good football player, I, I'm betting he's pretty sharp as well. So, you know, I, I, uh, I, I certainly, certainly like the, the look of, of some of these guys and, and what they've got coming in and, um, you know, some of the other guys have been at a little bit more prestigious programs or whatever, but but these guys have have accomplished something at the places they've been, and and that's something that I like. Well, I and JC, I want to make sure you you and John are more in tune with this than I am, but I mean, it it has this this group, this portal group again that isn't done, has the feel of a couple of years ago when they, you know what I mean, like you you. you you felt like they were signing good players and it didn't really matter. Like they were targeting guys and they were getting them. I, I'm not so sure that that no dish. I don't mean this disrespectfully at, any, at all to any, any of these guys. I'm not so sure that was really all the way the case, right? This in this past portal season last year, but a couple of years ago, they went out and they found guys that didn't matter where they found them from. Um, you know, Adkins and juice and all these guys, clearly they got Rattler and they got Stog and they got all those dudes, but they were targeting good football players at positions of need, and they, and they were largely able to get the most of them. It, it kind of feels like another version of that this go around, regardless of where. Like the Kilgore kid, I know he's coming from Tennessee Tech. That doesn't matter. He's a good football player, and he's going to fit in with what they're trying to do back there. I think so. I mean, you know, look, I didn't. Everybody's hating on last year's portal class, right? And look, it's because, uh, you know, Bell played for an undefeated team. Marshawn had a good year in a league where nobody plays any defense. Those guys, you look at them, Carolina struggled mightily. Um, playmakers outside of Xavier Leggett and obviously running backs. Everybody's mad. Everybody's mad about Sidney Fugar and, and, and the kid from Charlotte who was a walk-on because, oh, they failed in the portal doing that. Well, Nobody, it's selective memory. You know, you're not remembering Jackson Hughes came in as a walk-on and Fugar has three years left and was not supposed to be a guy they were counting on to start. Um, you know, so the bottom line is what hurt them last year was lack of NIL money. Um, Jordan Birch and Gilbert Edmond leave and then JT Gear comes in and gets hurt and Drew Tuiazama, uh calls me to have the worst take I've ever had in my career. But uh, they, they just didn't, you know, that, that, that there was just a lot going on with that class. I still think some of these guys they brought in from the portal last year, JT especially, will end up having something to say. Absolutely. By the time Josh Simon's going to have something to say about being at South Carolina. You know, Mario Anderson in Memphis will probably start for them next year and have a big year in the American. Um, I, You know, it, it's just one of those things where so much happened to kind of it's easy to go back and retroactively blame the portal. That said, was last year's portal class once? No, they 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 missed out on a running back. They put the eggs in the Logan Diggs basket. It didn't work out. Um, the other guy ended up going to Kentucky. He didn't really do much up there anyway. But they should have cast a wider net. But you know, when you don't have the NIL funds backing you up, and you're worried about, you know, because Marshawn Lloyd's out the door, because Jaheim Bell's out the door, because. You know, Juice Wells may go pro, Spencer Rattler may go pro, and you're like, man, all the good players are leaving, and half of them are leaving uh, in the portal, and it's going to look like there's no money. But so you're trying to kind of, I'm not going to say they got caught off guard. I think, a lot, I think a lot of schools got caught off guard, but the resources were just not there for them last year. They just weren't. 
Fast forward to this year, there's a lot more resources, guys. Do you realize that South Carolina's two collective combined, and most of it's Garnet Trust because of the match, but combined, we've we've done a million dollars worth of new business in December? That's new yeah. money. That's not old money. That's not and money that's- coming back. It's not returning money. That's that's new. So Gamecock fans have stepped up. I mean, for every malcontent out there that doesn't get it, that doesn't understand, like some idiots on Twitter I've been reading, was, well, some idiot was like, we need trying to garner trust. We need transparency with the juice deal before I give you any of my money. I'm like, it's none of your damn business because it wasn't your money that they gave juice to begin with. If you're not helping, you're an idiot. And you go through his timeline, it's just like cussing at players and, and all that stuff. For every malcontent like that, there's 20 people that understand that love the Gamecocks that have a Just brain like that get behind it. So that's that's happening. So when there's more resources <laughs> in the portal, especially when there's more resources, th- then obviously you're going to attract a, 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 a higher level of player. You know, and that you, John, aren't you Gamecock for life on Twitter? Like, yeah, it was you, some... you rank your rank your rank your priorities <laughs> in life, like God, kids. Gamecocks, and then your whole timeline is uh, go after yourself. You missed the yeah, 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 just, yeah. just go, go <laughs> yeah, that's right. some, God, Gamecocks family, and they have a picture of them and their family, and then it's like just the most vile, ignorant, stupid, <laughs> yeah. like, like, it, like my opinion. But I mean, I think, I think people, I, I think that's what they call them trolls because I think a lot oh. of like your normal people <laughs> that act normal in real life, they have a alternate personality and they become trolls on the internet you know that's why they call them trolls because they're like they take on a character almost but yeah it's unbelievable but it's um yeah listen i'm gonna tell you if if you contributed to juice wells coming back next year right uh and i think there's about three people that did right then uh shoot me a pm and i'll tell you exactly what happened otherwise it's none of your damn business is what your money (laughs) bottom line i I hope someday it is i hope someday it is everybody's stepping in but that just wasn't the case last year so god's family gamecocks yeah family gamecocks screw you i won't i won't pay attention to anybody on twitter who doesn't use their real name i mean i don't either if you're going to be on a, on a free platform like that, like, I mean, it's one thing to be on a message board that you're paying to be a part of, and you're obviously invested in some way into, into, uh, you know, what's, what's out there and that information and that website or what have you, but any, any jackhole can, can uh, create a Twitter account and just be a troll. I, I don't, I don't, I don't deal with those folks. There's plenty of them. Uh, John, I, I do. We we are short on getting. I don't know. How do we do this every week? Uh, we're short on time again, John. Well, I started uh, asking questions this week. I know what the problem was. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, no, nah, it's all good, man. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're the only one that can step in and do that. But I do want to make sure we get to basketball because the Gamecocks have three games left here in 23, and the non-con, and then Mississippi State rolls in. In case anybody hasn't paid attention, their metrics have fallen off the table a little bit because of that win over Charleston Southern. It, it didn't look pretty, uh, but they did win the game, unlike previous years when that was one that they would probably find a way to cough up and lose and everybody would be in their feelings, and rightfully so. Uh, Carolina's got the second-best record in the SEC behind 10 and 0 Ole Miss of all teams. Um, Winthrop, Elon, A&M, but uh, John, they, they escaped. Got to give CSU some credit. They were knocking down a bunch of shots on Saturday evening at the CLA 
uh, but not enough. Carolina gets out of there, and they continue to continue to put uh, numbers in the W column. Well, I, I felt like I was watching a different game in real time than than the folks out there who were uh, commenting in our our game thread on the Big Spur, or at least a lot of them. Like, I I didn't I didn't watch a perfectly sharp South Carolina team. I mean, I didn't think that the Gamecocks played great basketball, but I saw a Charleston Southern team that was just playing out of their mind. Like they yeah. were hitting contested shots. They were hitting them from everywhere. Um, uh, I, I just, I thought they played great basketball and, and, you know, Carolina didn't play great. They were coming off a week of, of exams and classes and or exams and, and finishing up classes and so forth. Didn't have, you know, a whole lot of time. I mean, it just, I didn't think that they were awesome, but I, I thought CSU was great. And I thought South Carolina made a, a few good plays down the stretch and, and made some free throws and, and sealed the victory. But, you know, like, like you said, South Carolina and every other SEC team are usually on the losing end of, of one of these games, um, you know, each year and or, or more. And South Carolina wasn't in, in this instance. And, you know, there's, there's three more to kind of navigate. And there's some things that you certainly want to see and do. Uh, over the course of these next three games, I, I think you definitely need to figure out a way to uh, get Colin Murray Boyles involved a little bit more, get his minutes up. Um, I, I think there's some things from a rebounding standpoint and an effort standpoint on the rebounding end that probably need to be better and you want to want to see improve over these next three games. But um, overall, I mean, can't really argue with, with where the Gamecocks are. Uh, this season and and really after the 40 minutes the other night because, you know, I thought it was more about CSU playing really well and, and way over their heads than it was about South Carolina doing doing a whole bunch of crappy things. Yeah, they didn't look like a bad – I mean, they, they looked like a pretty good basketball team, honestly, coming into the game. But I never felt like Carolina was going to lose it. The only thing frustrating to me about watching it was the score. And it's because yeah. CSU kept Charleston Southern kept hitting shots. I was, I was like, you know, and, and at some point I let out an audible, "Come on, guys!" And I started thinking about. it. I was like, "Well, that was a shot. That dude hit a fadeaway jumper with Murray Bulls in his face mm-hmm. that was perfectly online. I mean, they were. It, it just. It was. It was one. It was a very weird game. I thought. Well, it was. I mean, it, you know. it was. Too I'm glad you said that, JC. Not to steal your thunder there, but from the the stat line standpoint. Because y'all, y'all are right. Uh, so kind of what I mentioned, you know, CSU knocked down a bunch of shots. But then you, you go and you look at the box score. Carolina was 9 of 11 from the free throw line. They were 6 of 8. So you're talking about 19 total free throws in the game. That's it. Uh, the largest lead by either side was only 8 points. Carolina whipped them in the in the uh, rebounding uh, department by, by 13. They controlled the offensive glass. They controlled the defensive glass. Although, to your point, John, there are some effort issues from time to time there. I think – they're a little out of position. But then there was this one thing that stood out. And and neither team turned it over, really. You know, there's 11 total turnovers in yeah. the game. That's it. What a sloppy and, but, game, yeah. And, and But you know how many – did y'all look at that? John, you probably know because you, I'm sure, have studied it by now. Phil, JC, either one of you look at the block line in this game? The blocks. Y'all know what they were? I didn't look at that stat. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't remember, but I know Charleston had – Southern had a bunch of them, and mm-hmm. – Several of them should have been called fouls. You had guys coming coming across, raking them like raking them like that. I'm like, that's that's a foul 100 percent of the time. Anyway, go ahead, give us give us the numbers. 
Well, it was 7-0, 7-0. So, yeah, to your point, I mean, they, there wasn't a lot of fouls called. Carolina didn't swat any shots. Uh, it was a weird game. My JC, it was weird, but they won. And and they've – I mean, how many times have we seen this over the last – I don't even know how many th- years. You know, it's uh, – they find a way to – You've seen them lose yeah. these, for right. sure. Yeah, yeah, that I think in the past two games they've played these the opposing team has given them their best shot and they have been able to still come away with wins. You never and got one of the, those I, road game. I never got the sense like you know like that Stetson game a couple of years ago. Which poor Frank lost. Uh, I was just frustrated. I mean, that was just a game where you just you just kind of there was a sense of dread that came over you. You know, because like oh god, there's there's a lot going on here. I never felt that way. Like, the only thing that bothered me about the performance was the score. I, I think in the second half, Carolina went a little cold from three. Michi did not have the best shooting night from outside. And I right. think they ended up about six for 21 from three. But I looked at the stats at halftime. It was like, a what, a five-point game? And uh, Carolina was hitting 60% from the field. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, go figure. I mean, you know, we've seen some ugly basketball around here where Carolina in the Odom and Martin and Fogler and Horn era – you know, in last year, you know, they'd, they'd have like 16 points at the half. Yay. Hitting a, a cool 18%. You know, that wasn't the case. And that, that's what's so weird about it. I was, this is just, this is strange. And, and I don't know. The reason SEC teams have games like this, guys, and Keith also pointed this out. It's one of the things I agree with him on. AAU basketball. You want to know why UNC Wilmington beat Kentucky? All right, have you ever been to an AU basketball tournament and, and they get the championship game and the kids are crying on the floor because they lost or whatever, like it, like in the NCAA tournament? No. These guys play so many games, and, yeah, you want to win, and they want to win and all that, but it just it's just it's hard night in and night out to get super motivated to, to blow somebody out of the water. And, you know, there's not that like, oh, we won by four, at least we won, let's move on. Whereas – 20 years ago, no, everybody's pissed off because they won by four against a, a team that was not good coming in. Yeah, I think it's just a different mindset, which is why everybody out there just needs to start being happy if they win in any sport. Because <laughs> the, the the art of the blowout is kind of like, and I don't know, there's going to be blowouts, but it's uh, uh, a win is a win because the mindset just isn't there all the time with, with the, this generation. I'm not saying they're losers. I'm saying, but if – just like in the NBA, you play 82 games a year, you're going to lose some. Well, if you play 100 games a year because of AAU and all that, you're going to have nights where you're not going to get up. So I'm sorry. For yeah, but that's stuff all yeah, over your segment. Yeah, but you can't do that at South Carolina. You know that, right? You can't lose. <laughs> can't lose. I was, little I talked to, uh, I was talking to King last week, like not on the air, although he's going to be joining us this Wednesday on the air. I, I can't wait to King. for that. I talked to King last week, and and I said, King, you, you did a drill, man. You go fifty-five and one next year. They're not going to remember the fifty-five. They're going to remember the one. I think there's some truth to that, but I'm waiting on them to go fifty-six and zero, and then go zero and two in Hoover. So that's 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 what I'm signing up for. <laughs> yeah, no. wouldn't lose the game until they brought home a national championship. That'd be exactly yeah. how that would. Those are the old days. Those are the old days there. Oh, you're number one in the country. We got beaten Hoover. The season's over. Well, actually, no, it's not over. We're you know, we still got to go host. We may as well just hang it up. Oh, yep. <laughs> We're bad. Well, John, I'll leave you with this to get some folks excited 
about January the sixth. If 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 they can if they can do it, if Carolina can get through Winthrop, Elon, and Florida A and M, and if Mississippi State can get through Rutgers and Bethune Cookman, CBS will be broadcasting at noon Saturday, January the sixth. A twelve and one Carolina basketball team and an eleven and two Mississippi State basketball team. Who saw that coming? Not me, and I don't know if South Carolina would even be ranked at that point. Maybe, maybe we'll see. But um, but that that'll be uh, that'll be a heck of a day. Looking forward to that one. Hey, John, we uh, won't have you back on the air, I don't believe, until um, after Christmas and after New Year's. But it means a lot, number one, to be friends with you, and um, we want to wish you and your family the merriest of Christmases and the happiest of holidays. I I guess I'll be seeing you here in a couple of weeks, anyways, down in Florida. But um, publicly, with what you do for us on the air, you make us better, and we, we can't be happier to have you every Monday, brother. Well, I, absolutely. I, I'm very thankful you all have me on and, and appreciate you all uh, sending me that, that uh, big case of chicken cock whiskey so I could partake in some of that this morning before I got on the air. So appreciate, appreciate You're the you. man, dude. You can't, yeah, man. Hey, you can't cover the transfer portal sober. We all no, know nobody that. can. It's a no, yeah, right. It was very Trust timely. Me. Trust me on that. <laughs> Merry Christmas, John. Merry Christmas. Merry y'all take care. Merry Christmas, John. The great John Whittle. Time out. Two hours to go. Plenty in the portal and more. Great right back. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. 
That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Hey Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches. Which is every time 803-543-6297 803-543-6297 Shop Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season Major discounts on treadmills, rowers, ellipticos and more Proud partners of Carolina Rise inside the Gamecocks and the Chief Sports Network CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com 843-388-0999. Charleston Fitness Equipment, this holiday season.
Family G's Carolina Barbecue presents the National Anthem at noon every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network. Welcome back. If you have not downloaded the Chief Sports app, it is free and you can download it and fill up all of your time. Uh, our affiliates in there, Sports Talk, who of course covers everything across the state of South Carolina from 6 to 8 every night. You can watch and listen to them in our app daily. From 6 to 8 p.m., J.C. and Morgan, of course, airs on Mondays. Uh, we have uh, just signed a new deal with former uh, South Carolina head baseball coach and current College of Charleston head baseball coach, Chad Holbrook. He's got a podcast in there called Chin Music, and it is something phenomenal. It the latest episode of Chin Music, I coach turned me on to a new band I'd never heard of, and I've actually been listening to some of their stuff this morning. I was Oh, really? That. Sweet. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. They introduced me to some new music. It was awesome. It really is neat what they've done. It really is neat. You know, that's a true podcast. We, of course, are not, uh, but um, that is a, a true podcast. And, and really, really appreciate Coach Holbrook and his guys uh, being willing to join up with us. And they got a bunch of stuff down the road. Uh, we have partnered with a couple of other uh, out of state affiliates as well uh, Sports Spectacular and Big Sports and uh, big sports radio and um so we're excited about that and we've got some other things coming down the road as we just continue to grow 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 cannot thank you all enough it's been a phenomenal year we'll thank you uh really probably a little bit more from the heart later on this week as we kind of wrap up the year because these are the last four days we'll be on until 2024 totally lost on morgan and me morgan and i sorry this morning we get through the whole podcast at the end i'm like Hey, I guess the last time we talked to you guys, the, the the championship game will be set. And Merry Christmas. And Mike's like, oh, I totally, totally forgot about that. We're like, yeah. Uh -huh. So uh, we took six minutes overtime and said that, wished everybody a happy holidays so, on JC and Morgan. The, the calendar's all messed up this year. And it, it's, it's great because Christmas is on a Monday. Mm -hmm. And New Year's Day is on a Monday, which is it's the worst when it's like that, you know, and you're like, Oh God, you know, so uh, it just, it's weird getting back and then you're on the clock week till Christmas. It's just kind of yeah. strange. Yeah. It's we're, we're, um, we're one week away, uh, six days away from Santa starting to fly around. So, you know, excited for him to come see our house again this year. And, um, on that note, you know, he comes here because of my little girls today is national twin day. And I know that my kids aren't watching this program because they're in school, but, uh, Today's a great day for for them and our family. So, Hannah and Riley, although you're not listening, um, nas happy National Twin Day. We we uh, will celebrate with a cheeseburger and vodka cranberry tonight around six o'clock. I Yeah, juice. That's right. Yeah, juice. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. All right, uh, JC, JB, and Phil here until uh, two o'clock this afternoon. Uh, thanks uh, again to our friends, Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. Uh, you can, you, you better get it in now. I know that there's been a bunch of orders that have come in, but uh, if you want to try to to shove the Hall of Fame pack or one of the elite uh, barbecue packs into the stocking this year, make the order now. The uh, Carolina, the website CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com. You've got the All American pack, which is two sweet heat sauces and one secret spice. The Hall of Fame pack, which is one of each in a secret spice. 
and then the palmetto pack, which is two mustard sauces and one secret spice. And even if it doesn't get here in time for Christmas, you just want to order it for somebody you know that just likes good barbecue sauce, good rub. CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com from our friends at Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. So, JC, um, you know, what, what I, I was off on Friday. Friday and I guess yesterday, so the last three days have been big days. And as the show goes on, we're going to kind of – look at the position groups are they you know at least with an eyeball test here in december are, are, have they improved have they maybe declined a little bit uh or are they status quo um again none of that is take it to the bank type stuff and shouldn't be but uh for the purpose of conversation just trying to get a little bit of a judge on the the impact of the guys who've left versus the guys who are going to come in and play for carolina football but if you if you, if you can here though over the last three days with the additions of a bunch of just really outstanding football players. Um, and there's one that's not publicly announced, but he's an outstanding football player too. He's going to be really good for, for the Gamecocks. Assess it for us here, man. Uh, and, and, and what they have achieved through the portal over the last 72 hours. Well, I think solidifies is a good word to use. You know, the work is not done, obviously. Um, you're always looking to upgrade these days uh, with your roster and, and there's still some opportunities potentially out there. Um, but I think that, you know, the, the attack is pretty much, you know, the big push is pretty much over right now. You know, there's going to be individual players that pique their interest because, you know, bowl games will be getting over guys will start looking at their situations. They'll get in the portal, whatever, and you can kind of, you know, pick it up and, and go from there. But, uh, you know, I, I think when you look, you know, when, when we started, we headed into this and, and I'm going to use like sort of what the coaches were taught thinking and, and I'm kind of in alignment with them. I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, disagree that, that think, well, God, why didn't they go get three offensive linemen or why didn't they go get a corner? Or why didn't they go get this, that, and the other? I don't think those were as important as, as some other spots. Um, I thought they needed to get bigger uh, in the interior of the D-line, stronger, at least add a guy that's, you know, sort of one of those bigger D-tackles like other teams have because, you know, Sanders and Hemingway and Boogie are all kind of the same type of – they're not under, undersized. They're all around 300, but they're, they're, they beat you more with their quickness and things than just dominant bull strength, you know. Uh, and that's what you want. You'd rather have athleticism over – you know, the big guy, but you can also get big and athletic. That, that's when, that's when the magic happens on the D line. So I think with DeAndre Jules, they have a guy like that, you know, we'll see what Jerome Simmons ends up doing uh, in terms of how quickly he progresses when he, cause he's not getting until the summer, but you know, Jules worked his way into a starting job at Pitt. Uh, they had a bad year, especially on defense, but individually he had a very good year. Kyle Kennard, uh, has been kind of a big play guy for Georgia Tech. I think South Carolina did need some help on the edge, even though you do have Dylan Stewart coming in. I mentioned JT earlier. You have Desmond Umi and Zulu. So those two spots, I think, upgraded. They didn't get. A, they didn't go for a linebacker or get a linebacker. Um, so you can't say that it got better or worse, right? Um, you know, adding Kilgore at safety, that's a nice depth piece. Uh, I think, you know, and he's the older brother. Seems like he's a young, he's the older brother of, of Jalon. Um, I can tell you that they would not have taken him as a scholarship guy had 
He'd just been Jalan's brother. There, there was no threat of Jalan Kilgore leaving. It simply was they watched his film. They thought he was good enough. They offered him. They That's liked the it, bottom man. line. So people, I've, I've read some conspiracy theories out there about that. Um, <laughs> and he's a good player if you watch his film. And he had a lot of interest from, from big-time schools. You know, I, I thought the type of tight end they needed to sign because, you know, Reed McKeska and Connor Cox have the chance to be good in time. They probably didn't progress as well as freshmen as people would have liked. I don't know about Nick Elksness. You know, third year in college, you probably expect a little more out of him from a blocking standpoint. But they needed to get a dude like Nate Atkins. They they, they can use every team can use a guy like that. And I think I think we everybody kind of called Shane Beamer and company kind of called on to it. You know, having, having Nate those last couple of games was really important. And by God, had he not gotten hurt in the Gator Bowl. The kid was on his way to being the Gator Bowl MVP, and Carolina probably could have won. Um, and you know, and and when I when I say a Nate Atkins type, I say like a guy that's like a throwback tight end, that's a blocker and you know a pass catcher, and can do multiple things. Um, not that Josh Simon can or Michael Smith can't, but you know those guys are are the strength they bring to the table is catching the ball, making people miss that kind of thing, and so. Uh, so I like uh, I like that pickup, Brady Hunt from Ball State. He was a freshman All-American, so I think that room got better, um, even with the loss of Trey Knox. Uh, I think that room got better. There were no offensive linemen that they've got, at least not like right now, um, so you can't say anything there. Uh, running back definitely got better. There's no question. I mean, they flipped that room pretty nicely. Uh, and then at receiver – I think they need one more. I see a lot of talk about wide receiver one. And, you know, if you can get a guy that you look at and go surefire of WR1, you do it. But that doesn't mean – I mean, th- this program's lost the a bunch of quote-unquote WR1s through the years. And somebody always steps up the next year. I mean, we're not going back to the uh, – <laughs> the 2020 and 2021 season when there was nobody uh, in the room. Um, You're going to have to get some of the younger guys better. uh, And you're going to have to, you know, hope these portal guys pan out. I I would be disappointed if they sat there and stood pat with Brown and McGowan. And, and then if they get Gatling, uh, I would, I I do think they need to add some people, but I, you know, I think that I don't, it's not like the season's going to tank if they don't have like a, a, a stud. Would it have been, would it have been nice uh, for, to, and look, I found out Friday juice. I like on all Friday. I found out Friday. There's no way juice was coming back. I, I sat on it because everybody else was speculating and I didn't really feel like sitting there for, cause I didn't, he wasn't going to announce anything until later. And I didn't feel like hearing it from people how wrong I was uh, because everybody's apparently got a freaking source on it. And so I said nothing. Uh, Would it have been nice to get him back? Yes. But that situation wasn't going to work out. And on that, I want to say this. Nobody's asking anybody to be happy for Juice Wells. In fact, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't wish him the best. You shouldn't say thanks for the memories. I mean, the guy really did not handle it right. And you're okay to be like, dismissive of it. but don't attack the guy on social media you know why because that makes you look bad and it makes the yeah. fan base look bad you know uh that's what i want to say about that nobody needs to be like oh thank you juice thanks for the swell memories and all that boy you know 
Wish you the best at Ole Miss. No, he's going to a team that's on the schedule next year, dude. Come on, man. I mean, he, he and if anybody's in the wrong and how he handled it, it's definitely Juice Wells. But you got to let it go because it's just going to make you look bad. Because, you know, you look like, you know, we still are kind of in that era and it'll quickly with the more, the more juice wells that happens, the more that quickly that crap will be out the door. And I'm not so sure it's still crap, but right now we still kind of consider these guys kids. Oh, they're just kids. Um, and so, you know, we're still kind of in that they're just kids thing and the world looks at it that way. So don't make yourself look bad. Don't get on social media and go after the guy. Just don't say anything about him at all. He's not worth it. Not worth it. So I do think that they need to have, um, they need some more receivers. You know, whether and, and and I'll remind everybody too, you know, there were Spurrier's teams, some of Spurrier's teams that had very, very good passing attacks that maybe didn't have. I mean, it was like Bruce Ellington and Ace Sanders and XXX. Uh, I know in 2014, you know, Pharaoh Cooper kind of took that role, but Pharaoh caught six passes in 2013, Pharaoh, and then caught 71 the next. I mean, guys can get better. Justin Stepp has shown, if anything, he can get guys better because he has. And so I don't I don't think we need to be panicked. I don't think we need to be moving Vakari Swain to receiver. I, 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 Vakari Swain is probably going to start at corner next year. You need corners, right? Those are the same people that are, you know, griping about receiver, right? want to move him, griping about corner. Look. Vakari, just like Cam Smith, just like Andre Goodman, just like Sheldon Brown, uh, Dante Robinson played very sparingly as a freshman here. The those guys aren't always cut. You're not always Stephon Gilmore or Captain Munnerlin or J.C. Horn. Those are the only three I can remember in the last twenty something years that stepped on the field as a true freshman and balled at corner. So so why are we moving freaking Vakari Swain to corner right now? I could see it in the middle of this past season as an emergency because you were losing playmakers after Brown and Leggett were hurt and you don't have juice. I'd advocate for that, but not now, you know? I mean, so anyway, do I think that receiver, I think that room needs a couple of more guys, one or two more guys. Yes. Yes. So, um, so that's the case. I mean, I just don't, uh, you know, but but look, it, it's it may not be a guy any of you think is a wide receiver one. I mean, this is not fantasy football. You know, it may it may be a guy that maybe caught 50, 60 balls that's a good player, you know, that gets out there and compliments everybody else. But, you know, let's not sit here and call everything a failure because it doesn't fit your mold, your fantasy football brain, because uh, that's not real-life recruiting. Uh, so I can't say that receiver's been upgraded yet. I, I, you know, I think that uh, we need to have some time. Is that the last position, by the way? I saved the best for last. Well, you could have saved it for the next hour and 40 minutes like we were going to go through that, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, oh, I thought we'll, we were at that we'll, time. We'll, I thought we'll, it was time to rock. Am I no, bad? Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about badminton or something when we get back for break here. No, nah, all right. So no, nah, just, just, just th- throw all the players at we, we didn't do individual players. That was, that was a general synopsis no, by no, the way, general thing. Yes. yes i don't know who's thinking what the thinking is here but troy has hired notre dame oc gerard parker yeah as their next yeah, head coach saw that a little bit ago yeah that's it's weird in, in, interesting uh 
overall, though, Gamecocks seem to be doing uh, well in the portal. And they're not done. There's another portal period coming up. There will be more players that leave. Yeah. And then there will be more players oh. that, that are added. So this conversation is not complete for oh. another few months anyway. And keep in mind, guys, it, the portal's not closed. It's just a dead period for recruiting. Right. So the, the portal is not closed. So guys got in the portal on Christmas last year, you know. Arthur Williams misses yeah. Johnny Dixon. Yeah, Johnny Dixon got on the field a little bit as a freshman, then didn't play, then went to Penn State. He's been done pretty well up there. Mm-hmm. You talk about, that, that may be an underrated departure with him. So Clint says Swain yeah. has higher upside at wide receiver. Why? What, 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 why? Just because those high school clips are better at receiver? Well, Stephon Gilmore's high school clips were better at quarterback and safety. Was he a receiver? I mean, I I just – sometimes you got to defer to the pros, man. I mean, I I just – you know, I I think think there's just like this – and I know who's – I know people that are putting it out there, talking like it's fact, but it's not. It's it's just – and it it causes unnecessary criticism of the coaches, and it ticks me off. It is 11 – no, it's not. It's 12-24 here on this Monday, December the 18th. Merry Christmas to all of you. We do need to step aside for a quick – Time out, but as you could tell, John's already drinking, and I'll. Wait I can't believe it. That's I, I, to, I need to kind of check on him. That's very unwittable. Is that right? Is, I, is John okay? I, yeah, I think I think John's earned it. Is what it is. He has spent the last twelve months uh, in and out of every living room and office in the state and beyond, covering the Gamecocks, and uh, he, he's getting he, he he deserves a little bit of time, so Dude, we'll give it to him. You freaking uh, played the b- baseball. You played summer travel ball, I'm assuming, Jamie. Mm-hmm. My man covers baseball recruiting and yeah, has for 20 brutal. years. You could not pay me enough. Well, we, I don't I don't think they do. I don't think they pay him enough <laughs> to do that, to be honest. <laughs> but he does it out of the good of his, uh, out of his heart. Uh, and now he does it for the good of waking up and uh, pouring a nice glass of chicken cock on the rocks. If you're looking for that, or looking to do that yourself, uh, you can pull up the Chief Sports app and click the Chicken Cock Challenge. If you click that, type in your address, wherever you may be, and the nearest store that has it for sale, bam, there you go. It is some fine, fine bourbon, and it is wonderful this time of the year. Chicken Cock Whiskey, we are proud partners with them here on the Chief Sports Network. Don't go anywhere. Plenty on the portal. Uh, The top 25 in hoops and more when we return. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in a plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to Elite Roofing. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. And ten. Listening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be on your own front door all right, welcome back. Twelve thirty here on ES or here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. The BarndominiumCo.com. I was just reading something. I was like, Whoop. the BarndominiumCo.com. Your dream home, you can build it for as low as one hundred and sixty dollars per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, if you live in Georgia, and if you live in Tennessee, the BarndominiumCo.com. JCJB and Phil here until two o'clock this afternoon. Hope all of you have wrapped up your Christmas shopping, but if you haven't and you are a fan of the Gamecocks, Gamecock Traditions has got you covered. If you live in the Midlands, you just, you know, you, you know, you get it. Jet right over there. They'll take care of you. It's in Lexington, of course. It's the number one place to buy anything with the Gamecock logo on it, GamecockTraditions.com, uh, to order it if you don't live in the Lexington or the Midlands area. But listen closely. Listen closely. Let's say this again. Listen closely. If you want to buy something from Gamecock Traditions, 
and you need it before Christmas, you better do it today or you ain't getting it. Got it? You hear me? They're not Amazon. It's not, uh, it's not, it's, it's in Burger King. Have it your way. They're it, work their rear ends off type small business, as we all well know, but they cannot get all the shipping out before Christmas. So ne- now if you order it today, you're going to get it tomorrow. That's next day shipping or maybe the 20th. If it ships tomorrow, you'll get it on the 20th, of course. But standard shipping, you you are not going to get it before Christmas. So Gamecock Traditions, GamecockTraditions.com. Order it today if you need it uh, before uh, St. Nick comes down your chimney on uh, Christmas Eve. Um, all right, let's let's get to uh, let's get to a couple other things here, and then we'll slide back into uh, some of this portal stuff. First and foremost, the AP Top Twenty Five is out on the women's side. No shocker, who's number one? Or at least it shouldn't be. It is a team named the South Carolina Gamecocks. They uh, once again are claiming the top spot, and they should because Dawn's ladies are the best college basketball. On the men's side, Purdue is number one, and uh, Kansas will follow them at number two, Houston, Arizona, Yukon, Marquette, Oklahoma, and then a couple of SEC teams in there, Tennessee and Kentucky. The Wildcats took down North Carolina this weekend. Baylor rounds out the top 10. Clemson fell at Memphis. They fell from 13th to 18th in the poll. And Ole Miss has entered at number 25. They're 10-0. and It's the best record in the SEC. Gamecocks received... Just one vote this week, as did Mississippi State. Um, I don't think I'm going to say anything here that anybody who is a fan of South Carolina basketball doesn't already know. They've done nothing to earn the benefit of the doubt over the years, so it's really at the end of the day on them. But they're not going to get any recognition from any of the voters. It's just not going to happen. They're going to have to really do some damage to catch somebody's eyeball somewhere. They're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. Phil, you know it. JC, you know it. I know it. We all know it. If they go 12-1 and in the non-con, doesn't matter. They didn't go 13-0, and and if they went 13-0, and they probably would still find a way to keep them out. I thought um, I thought that maybe they would be able to at least get close to cracking the top 25 before they played that Clemson game. <laughs> they weren't even close. And, and you actually look – have y'all have y'all noticed what their resume is? You know, you realize they have two quad one wins now already, right? So a quarter of their wins are quad one. Virginia Tech is one. Um, George Washington is working their way towards giving them another quad one victory. Grand Canyon is a team that everybody really likes. They're just outside the top twenty five. They're you know a big time team in the net. Uh, probably going to be a player in the postseason. That's a neutral, quote, neutral site game, but actually Carolina went to their home floor and beat them. Um, you know, so it's been an out – it really has been an outstanding start to the year. So they're, here's my point. Regardless of all that, they're not getting any recognition. Uh, so they're going to have to – they're going to really have to win their way into finding a way into the top 25 if they can get there. And quite frankly, Mississippi State is – I mean, Ole Miss is 10-0, and and they just, they just got in there at number 10. And um, and their resume is not as impressive as South Carolina's, but they're undefeated. So somebody who votes for the Associated Press noticed that, and or enough of them did, and at least figured they would plug them in there at the end. But well, uh, they know who their coach is too. I mean, not that yeah, they don't respect yeah. Lamont, but you know, it's like, oh, oh, but no. I, actually, I'll go as far as to say that they don't respect Lamont because he coaches for South Carolina. 
As much as we think the football media picks on the basketball media is ridiculous. I mean, like it was funny the other day after the Clemson game. It wasn't funny actually because I can't stand people that do this. Somebody made a John Rothstein parody account, I guess, and it said some nice things about Carolina. It was just like, hey, this is a team that can make some noise in the SEC. There's no moral victories, blah blah. blah. And of course, it was some jackleg, probably a Carolina fan trying to be funny. But they don't. I mean, you know, Carolina goes to the Final Four, nothing, you know. Um, the basketball media is still always obsessed with their blue bloods. The good news about basketball is it does not matter what the media thinks as far as who gets in the tournament and who doesn't. It's all computers. It's all, you know, I'd, I'd argue that the media polls in football have a lot more impact on the committee than uh, in basketball. It's just like it's it's your net. It's your Ken Palm. It's your – your, your analytics, and that's what decide. Th- those are what uh, how the committee decides, um, you know, and that's the bottom line. And so, uh, you know, that that's the good news about basketball is you can earn your way in, and it doesn't make a flip what anybody thinks. But you're right; they're they're not getting in the top twenty five until you know for a while, especially with the AP. And then, you know, the coaches poll is just kind of like a. You know, they let their operations people do it, and they kind of mimic what the media does anyway. So it's – uh, yeah. You know, I, I, when you said that the other week, I didn't – I thought you knew something I didn't because I was like, there's no way in hell they're getting ranked. <laughs> no. Before well, the Clemson game, I was like, nah. But uh, I – you know, but that's just me being pessimistic. I thought I thought, yeah, I thought you knew something, so I wasn't going to bring it up. But uh, you're right. You're right about that. Yeah, I – well, look, you, you go back to the first seven games they played – I'm telling Derek. Derek said this, what two weeks ago, when he was with us, he said he thought that the most impressive win of the season was against George Washington. He thought that that was based. You know, I'm going to take Derek's word for this because he's been courtside for every second of every game. Um, that he thought that was the best team they'd played, and that that it would all come out in the wash. So if the, if that if that's true, if it is true. You go back and look at the first seven games of the year before they got beat by the Tigers. And you could have three, if not more, tournament teams in there. Virginia Tech, Grand Canyon, George Washington, uh, either by virtue of at-large or uh, an AQ. Like Grand Canyon could be an AQ, George Washington could be an AQ, right? I um, don't think Virginia Tech would be an automatic qualifier by winning the league, but they could be an at-large. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I, I think to to start the year, JC, you had mentioned that you know South Carolina Upstate was a team that you know generally you, you want to keep an eye on those guys because like their record isn't very good. But in the Big South, like the Big the Big South is – Longwood is really good, and that would probably be the team that you would pick to win it. And then after that, you get Radford, High Point, Winthrop, good teams, but, like, you just don't know if they all start playing each other. So you, the, you can get a surprise out of that league. Um, so I'm, my, my point is, if that happened, it would help their resume down the road. Um, but those first seven games were more of a challenge than all of us thought they were. Um in this game tomorrow night, like if, if I won't be able to be there because I live on John's Island, but if you happen to live in the area, 
and can get over. And remember, you get free concessions. You get free popcorn, free hot dogs, and free soft drinks at the concession stand. If you can get over and watch them play tomorrow night, this Winthrop team, they they feel like they can walk in there and knock down some shots and escape. So Carolina's going to have their hands full against the Eagles, who are 8-4 and four on the season, by the way. They just got beat out at Xavier. Um, so their losses are Xavier, Georgia, Drexel, and Clemson. Those are not bad losses at all if you're Winthrop. So they're going to go out there and fire some darts tomorrow night, see if they can't find a way to take down Carolina uh, at uh, Colonial Life Arena. So that, that could be a game that you don't want to be a very good basketball game, guys, but it could be a good one. Yeah, I mean, and again, like I think the past two games, you're going to end up getting their best shot. And you're just going to have to fend it off because, you know, you you got a target on your back now. Any Anytime you're this deep into the season and your loss column only says one, <laughs> they're coming at you, you they're know, coming. You know yeah. and they're giving you everything they got. And and, you know, so far, this team has been able to step up and, and do exactly what they need to get shots fall at the ends of the game and, and hold off, you know, some good runs deep into uh, the second half, but you just got to, Hey, stay the course, stay the course. Hey, this, uh, this Winthrop team averages like 80 points per game, by the way, oh, they can shoot it. They can shoot it. So they're going to be excited to walk in and, and, and give them a, give them a contest tomorrow night, but we'll see uh, if you're going over to the game, enjoy it. And I see there, Clint, Clint said he's going to Mississippi state. I'm planning to go up for that uh, as well. And, um, and, um, and hopefully Carolina will be 12-1 and one as they walk into that. I want to slip this in, too. I haven't had a chance to say anything about it. Anybody that was a fa- – this storm that came through here yesterday was really bad. Uh, there's a lot of people who are having a rough day today, uh, losing, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Um, docks and cars and uh, had some wind damage, trees down, things like that. If you or anybody you know was affected by that storm, the nor'easter that blew right through the coast of South Carolina, uh, certainly hope you, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you. How about that? Because we got a week to go before Christmas. I know it's not something anybody wants to deal with at this point in time, but it was, it was a rough day. We had some damage around here too, and, and didn't realize how bad that it was actually going to be. And, um, the flooding was crazy. Charleston fourth highest, uh, Harbor tide ever period, the end hurricanes and the whole nine yards, uh, 9.86 wow. feet is what it got to in, out in Charleston Harbor. And that flowed into the streets of everywhere. And you just, it was gridlock. You couldn't go anywhere. So uh, anybody that's been affected by that, want to make sure we pass that along. It's tough to deal with this holiday season. All right. Uh, we will slide to one more break here in this second hour of Inside the Gamecocks. Back into the portal when we return. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. 
Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. A merry little Christmas Let yourself be light From now on Our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Here we are, as in olden days, happy golden days of yore. Faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. The years we all will be together If the fates allow Until then we'll have to muddle through somehow So have yourself A merry little Christmas now and we mean that from the bottom of our hearts. Merry Christmas to all of you. As I'm learning as a parent 
Uh, these times come and go, and if you've got kids running around the house, I sure hope you're spending every second with them this holiday season. It is pretty neat to go back and see it through their eyes. So Merry Christmas from us here at Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you are watching or uh, listening and maybe you're new to checking us out, we are part of the Chiefs Sports Network. Make sure you download the Chief Sports app where you can get this program, JC and Morgan, Chin Music, uh, Sports Talk, and many more, and many more coming here in 2024. Big news coming, as a matter of fact, in the coming weeks of uh, of our programming, and we're really, really, really excited about that. Just looking at, I mentioned just a little bit ago, by the way, uh, the damage from the storm yesterday, we did get hit hard. I did not realize that Edisto Beach was totally covered across the roads with sand from the Atlantic Ocean. So um, it is, like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on and uh, thoughts and prayers with all of you who are dealing with this during the uh, holiday season. Um, JC, uh, Carolina is set to add a quarterback at some point in time out of the transfer portal. I know that they they feel like they're in a pretty good position. Uh, this has been beat to death uh, over the last you know couple of months. Um, some who I strongly disagree with, uh, thinking that Carolina doesn't need to bring in a quarterback with Lenore Sellers sitting there. Uh, well, no, number one news news flash that's happening, so there's nothing you can do about that. Um, and then, uh, but number two, you know, what type of quarterback are, are they going to bring in? We'll, we'll find out sooner than later. But um, it does seem like once they add the portal QB, that's it, right? They're they're not going to. They're they're. It's highly unlikely that they'll be adding two out of the portal. No, no, no. Let's add one. I mean, no, no. no look, depends. Let's say there's a D two guy out there, a FCS guy that just wants to come and shoot a shot. They have room, uh, you know, because Colton and Tanner Bailey left and Spencer left. And they're like bringing in Reno and then <clears throat> quarterback X. So, but the the whole KJ Jefferson pipe dream is just that. I mean, and and, and they, I, I was against bringing him in. I, I don't think, and, and I, I, I love KJ Jefferson because KJ Jefferson plays his butt off and he's one of the toughest hard-nosed quarterbacks I've seen. But he's Dondrell Pinkins. <laughs> Everybody's gonna disagree with me there. He's Dondrell Pinkins. Okay. And Dondrell was probably better than we remember him being. He's not Lenora Sellers. The only similarities between the two are they're both big. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and, and I think it would be highly unfair of him to bring him in. It would probably blow the budget on, um, you know, uh, blow the budget uh, as far as some other guys that the positions of need go NIL wise, and he's going to get beat out. Now, do you still need to sign a quarterback? Yes. Preferably with some sec or other experience. Absolutely. Now you want to talk about Malik Murphy. Malik's a different animal now. Malik could be a starter next year. He could beat Sellers out based on what I've seen him do and the type of player he is. You know, he's got an arm. He's a dual threat guy. He's running offense like Texas is. He's called plays, run a system like Sark's run. Um, so that would have been a different thing there. I don't think that's happening though. Um, and so what is probably going to happen is what I thought should happen from the beginning. <laughs> They're going to get a good guy that's an SEC 
experienced guy that can that in case something happens to sellers, which you never know, and you you don't need to gamble with it, right? Because mm-hmm. um, things have happened. Uh, I would, um, you know, I I think that's the perfect guy to uh, perfect guy to go get, man. Uh, it, it, if and when it's announced publicly, so in uh, South Carolina, uh, we'll see. It hasn't, um, I mean. South Carolina has not uh, announced it yet, but uh, South Carolina is not the only major program that's been interested in this kid either. So those of you that, that like to kind of follow that thing, and, and that's cool. If, if You know, I, sometimes it sounds like I'm getting old people for making it importance, you know, emphasizing things in recruiting. I'm not. I just, through the years, my brain works a certain way with it. And, and but But, hey, what are you supposed to do, man? Nobody's got time to go dig into it like the rest of us. So yeah, if somebody's got an offer from a big time program and you get them, you think it's a good player. And usually it is. So nothing wrong with that. But um, I do think that, uh, you know, I, I do think that, uh, you know, South Carolina ended up in a good position. Craig asked Malik wouldn't break the bank. It, it's, it's all about value and return. So there you go. And, the- and as it should be, as it should be. Yeah, well, you're talking about from financial, you're talking about financially. Yeah, I know it was. Yeah, yes, it's it's yeah, about yeah, return yeah, and value. Yeah. And yeah, okay, just, yeah, yeah, it's just hard to see it with with KJ Jefferson. You know, it's hard right. hard to see it. Yeah, well, the you 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 will pay. Breaking the bank doesn't. What I'm understanding, what you're saying is breaking the bank doesn't matter if the player's worth it. Um. Yeah. If, if you're going to go, like if this was Spencer Rattler again, you're going to pay the money to get him because he's Spencer Rattler. Spencer yeah. Rattler. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between that and KJ. So, look, I, I think everybody needs to settle down and just know that the the quarterback situation as a whole needs to be, uh, will we'll be in good hands. Clint says there'll be chemistry with KJ and Sanders. It's running back and quarterback. What? I don't know. I don't know yeah, what I, kind of chemistry you're looking for there. So, well, you know, I I like uh, and and obviously, um, KJ Jefferson isn't coming to South Carolina, but um, no, and it's it, it, but, look, I get it, I get it from the outside perspective. Like Brad, I'm not mad at him for thinking that, but that's just yeah, no, I mean, there. He, he, can I just say this? He's not coming to South Carolina, so. You know, we don't really even need to worry about that. But, but you know, they, they like where they're going to be from a quarterback position. There's no doubt about that. Um, and and clearly, Lenore Sellers is going to have the leg up on all that. I, I'm just anxious to see what they're going to do with the offense. Um, and we'll get into – we'll talk about the offensive line coming up here in, in hour number three as part of this transfer portal conversation and things like that. But I'm really anxious to see once they get into March and they start – rolling through spring practice jc like this is not um it of course is going to have plenty of similarities to what they did last year it's not like they think lenore sellers can't throw the football of course he can um he absolutely can they're they're going to design this offense around the fact that he does do that well but he also runs it well and he is mature and so it's not like he's just going to be a young freshman quarterback out there just you know, trying to get the game to slow down, like the game has slowed down for him. 
so they can do more with it. So I'm really anxious to see what they what they do with the actual offense um, from, from that standpoint because Rattler, right, like he – they they weren't designing the offense around Spencer Rattler being able to run the football. They encouraged him to run the football more from a decision making standpoint, but it wasn't designed that way. No, and, and that's where I think Spencer, you can't run Spencer that much now. A kid like Sellers, you can. Uh, and this whole notion that you know, has anybody ever considered Sellers doesn't work out? There's always that chance. You know, a guy doesn't work out. Oh, had every you know everybody thought this that and the other. But I'll say this, it does, it's not the job of coaches to prove to fans when they make decisions about the most important freaking position on the field, it's not their job to prove to you that the guy they've got that played backup duty is legit. Yes, he only played against Furman and Vandy in a little bit, but it's not their job to, it's their job to win football games. You know, there's a reason fans aren't allowed to go to practice, and I wish they could. And I think a lot of coaches do too, but because of videotaping and spying and things like that, it doesn't happen. It's technology. It's not the fans. But but because you'd see what they saw. I mean, and, and, and you know, I'm not basing my being high on Lenora Sellers on a few clips against Furman and Vandy. That was icing on the cake for me. Because sure. sometimes you hear all about a guy and they get in mop-up duty. It's mop-up duty. They're kneeling or handing it off or whatever. No, he's the different. The kid made plays. He's different. He is a yeah, different no guy. And he's been that way since the moment he got on campus. Mm-hmm. And he had a really good spring game, too, if you if you want to go back to that. I mean, well, the, the, the guy. What you're saying is you're actually, in, in the way that I see this, you're protecting against everything else. You're not protecting against whether he is or isn't a good player. That's not what you're protecting yourself from in your program. You're protecting yourself from a freak injury. You're protecting yourself from, in the world that we live in, and JC, you live it 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and want to, you know, uh, never, I'm going to graphic, but you want to try to get, get yourself away from this from time to time. We can all sit here and say, he would never leave for the money. It's bull crap. Everybody would leave for the money. We all know that. I mean, the number one quarterback in the country, the number one player in the country last year was set to be the starter at Southern Cal next year. Southern Cal loses their quarterback who's decided to sit out the bowl game, go to the NFL draft, and now the guy who's the number one player in the country has decided to transfer, and he was the shoe-in to be the starter. Why? Because there's money, and that's why. So, like, if you are Shane Beamer, we can all sit here and say whatever we want to say, you, me, and everybody in between, that this kid's never going anywhere. He's a game cop through and through, and he's going to do this, and he's going to do that, and we're going to love him, and everything's going to sing kumbaya, and we're going to, you know, we're going to crack into the top twelve, and we're going to be in the playoff, and this all sounds fine and dandy, and blah 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 blah. It's a bunch of horse crap, and if you really dig down deep, you know it, because these coaches can't trust anybody. They cannot trust one player anymore on their mm-hmm. roster, and they also are getting fired sooner and sooner every single year for Dude. things even in their control, you have got to protect against all of it. So if you have a chance to bring in a great player, I don't give a damn what position it is. Bring his ass in there and you let them compete. And whoever goes out there and wins the job, they win the job. Point blank. Yeah. That's why Malik Murphy was it's on a, campus visiting. I mean, they brought him right. in. You know, I don't think things are going to work out with those guys. Uh, I think that there's so, – and look, let's say it is A.J. Swan, and I'm not confirming that. Hint, hint. Uh, 
That's a kid that in, you, those of you that want SEC competition and SEC this and help experience. The guy threw for three hundred plus yards in SEC football games as a young player at freaking Vanderbilt. <laughs> you know, not a lot of big support. Most of his supporting cast left with him. I mean, uh, and and really beat out a guy like you know guys like Ken Seals and Mike Wright, who the Vandy people were pretty high on as well. Yeah. So. You know, there you go. I just look. I, I, I think this is whole this this is whole notion that you have to have somebody proven every single year is maybe at some programs you do because you didn't recruit anybody. But and I almost think to your point, JB, like Malachi Nelson and 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 the guys and uh, the kid from UCLA leaving after he started for a year and all these number one hyped quarterbacks that have been hyped for years and years and years. You watch. Some of these cats, some of these cats, it's not a good thing they were ranked that high, you know, because they, they kind of got the sense of entitlement, a lot of them. You know, uh, Dante at uh, freaking, um, you know, UCLA struggled mightily, got beat out by somebody that was – and just left, just gives up, you know. Oh, I didn't, it didn't work for me there, you know. Caleb Williams, how many games did he freaking win? You know, it was, it was – Every kind of championship level, the championship game they got into, he choked, including Utah, including uh, UCLA, the city championship this year. The, the, the game that was salvaged their freaking sorry season, choked. All right. Lenore Sellers, it is a good thing that guy was not ranked high. I don't think there's a – you remember that kid for that was in Rock Hill for a little while that ended up going to Charlotte that was the number one player in the country everybody That's talked Brad- about? Wasn't that Bradford? Huh? Nah, it wasn't, a, it wasn't the kid from Chapin. It was the kid from Rock Hill. I thought, oh, my God, he's great. He's out of Michigan. He's a good player. Oh, yeah. Would you take, ask ask everybody in two years if you take Lenora Sellers over that kid. See what they say. Hmm. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah, Marcus Satterfield didn't want Sellers till the end. Dowell Loggins took one look at him and was like, please. Yes please. yes, please. Yes, please. You know, I mean, the guy. <laughs> Jaden Davis. Uh, Here you go, Montreal. Jaden Davis. Yeah. Lynn points out yeah. injuries. Yeah. Don't you speak that evil on us, Lynn Turner. That's right. <laughs> Don't you speak that evil <laughs> on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you speak that evil but, on yeah, me. Yeah, David. Yes. But look, I think. Well, uh, but you're. That's what. Lynn's right. That's what I've been saying forever. It, it, it just is what it is. I mean, you know. You know, why Marcus, you, know, you know why I think Marcus Satterfield didn't offer uh, Lenore Sellers? Because Lenore Sellers would probably make more plays being Lenore Sellers than he would running Marcus Satterfield's uh, a beautiful right. mind offense. The beautiful, I'm, that's what I'm calling for now, the a beautiful mind offense. Beautiful mind offense. Yeah, he would, he would do so much better off script than he would trying to remember, you know, one million plays. One million Time out, hour three coming up. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. 
So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down to Ohio, down to Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. With a little love and some tenderness, we'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mist. With a little peace and some harmony, we'll take the world together, we'll take them by the hand. Keep an eye on old PD, boys and girls. Keep an eye on old PD in the next few months. He's uh, got some stuff going on. He's working on something that's going to be something. It's going to be something. If you're making plans to go to Nashville next year, just keep an eye on old PD up there in the great state of Tennessee. All right, welcome back. 
inside the game. By the way, on that note, if you if you've not downloaded Love L O V E, Patrick's newest single, he's been singing it for two years and now he's finally releasing it. It is the feel good song of all time. I'm telling you, if you don't, if you're having all a rough time. day, of oh, all time. if you're having a rough day, turn it on, feel fine, feel great, doesn't matter. Better than like party, party in the USA or Umbop. Better than that, yeah. He's or, the, he's, he's Jumbawamba, Tub Thumpers. Yeah, he doesn't, but he doesn't get knocked down, so he doesn't have to worry about getting up again. He's he's just L O V E Patrick Davis. Like it's all good. I mean, I gotta listen to that then. He's better than Hanson. Like, yeah, we're not doing that. You know, just trust me. L O V E. Good Hanson the other day. Yeah, it's good. It's it's it it just makes you. It's going to be part of our. It's going to be part of our program in twenty four. We're working on some production with that. Um. So yeah. Anyways, all right. Uh, this past weekend. Neat little Saturday, uh, not because my family had our annual Christmas party, although that was fun too, but because it was a good day of college football. Ohio up there in Myrtle Beach uh, beat Georgia Southern all accounts where Georgia Southern was hung over, and that's why they didn't score until the second <laughs> half of that game. I can understand that. Um, Florida A&M and uh, Howard in the Cricket Celebration Bowl down the street from one Mike Morgan, who will be joining us tomorrow. Good game, 30-26, A&M gets the best of them. Jacksonville State finished the year with nine wins. The Gamecocks, that team that walked into Williams-Price and had Carolina's number for a little while, uh, but uh, finished the year 9-4 and four with an overtime victory over the Cajuns of Louisiana down in Nolens. It's hard so, uh, to beat the Cajuns in the New Orleans Bowl, too, because they bring a boatload of fans. That's, uh, yeah, that's not like, to be overlooked. Like a fight game. I was really looking forward to that game, and it lived up to the billing. I thought it would be a good one, um, and and it was. Uh, the uh, Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl was not as good of a game. 13-9, to nine, the final is score. That, is that game in Orlando, or is it in San Francisco? Orlando. Orlando. Have you seen... One of the more underrated Christmas movies out there of all time is Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and Reese yes. Witherspoon, who, whom, by the way, uh, I have um, publicly asked, you know, told her I, she's welcome anytime in my home. And, you know, my, <laughs> she can work for dinner. She's never accepted, uh, but, uh, but she's welcome anytime for dinner or whatever it may be. Um, you, you know, dinner, 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 movie, you know, something, something, like Netflix um, but, chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Uh, but, um, so, anyways, barbecue uh, and chicken cock, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the bourbon, yeah. Um, but, um, th- that part of that movie, yeah, we were all named from the cities in which we were conceived. I'm Dallas, he's Denver, this is Orlando. Orlando. <laughs> John Favreau has a great uh, supporting part in that one. And I think it was Tim McGraw. John Voight's in it. Robert Duvall is in it. Oh, it's a, it's a killer cast. Yeah, it's a, it's it well is. acted. You know, there, it, is, it is an underrated film. It is an underrated Very underrated. Film. You know what else is underrated? Not to get off on a track here, so I, I want to finish the scores. But um, it clearly can't have the kids around. Uh, and it's not the feel-good Christmas movie, but 
if you if you're not wearing a diaper when you're watching Bad Santa, then you're not doing it right. Bad Santa makes you laugh like you just cannot dream of laughing. And I forget every time that I don't watch that movie for months and months and months, and then you watch it. It is funnier than last time I watched it. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. I don't know. Dude, the midget Santa. Billy Bob dude, Thornton. Uh, is, Billy Bob Thornton's amazing. He he can do love, he can do anything. I love that movie. Not the preferred nomenclature. Yeah, no, it's it's it, it's it's small person, please. Ron is yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. Um, Fresno State big over uh, JC's New Mexico State Aggies, thirty-seven. Yeah, Jerry Kill went off after the game too because the yeah, New I Mexico missed all that. Like, what was going on with that? He wasn't happy. All right, so apparently, I guess they beat New Mexico this year. Apparently, uh, Diego, I don't remember his last name. His first name's Diego. He's their quarterback. Pete on the logo or the Lobo logo. Well, that's after nice. the game. Well, and he got severely punished. I mean, Kill Kill pointed out as like boot camp for the kid for a while. Well, I guess the AD at New Mexico has a history of being petty, especially towards New Mexico State. Uh, tried to keep them because you know the weather in Albuquerque this time of year is probably not as stellar as we would people would have liked. Um, tried to keep them from practicing in the indoor. Like, wouldn't, didn't keep Fresno State out, but to try to keep the Aggies out. And so Kill just went off. And then he's like, he tells the, the media, he's like, I don't care if you don't like what I'm saying or not. He's like, because my life's fine. Here in about two hours, I'll be sitting on the beach in Mexico sipping a margarita. Where will you guys be? <laughs> I mean, just went off, you know, and uh, just all the more reason to like Jerry Kill. They got their butt kicked. Don't get me wrong. Fresno's a good football team, but uh, boy, it was something else. So. Yeah, that was uh, it, it was. I, I missed the whole ordeal, but I do know that it was a nice win for Fresno State. So hats off to them. The Sherrod kid had a great game, by the way. He's the running back who carried it twenty times for ninety yards. He also caught it eight for eighty-one. Uh, UCLA over Boise State. Uh, Boise State. You don't see this often. If you didn't pick up on it, you don't see this often. Boise State finished the year eight and six. That that's very rare. If I don't even know if I've seen an eight and six, but it's very, very rare because generally eight and five teams uh, or um, uh, eight and four teams aren't playing for conference championships, but they did and they lost and felt eight and five. And then they lost the the uh, Starco brands L.A. Bowl eight and six. Very rare record in college football. Clemson um, very nearly finished eight and six the year they won in 09. They won the Atlantic. Yeah, uh, they yeah. were eight and three when they played Carolina and won that division. Fell to eight and four, lost to Georgia Tech. Fell to eight and five, and then played Kentucky in the Music City Bowl, and, and that was the one they beat Kentucky. This is like the rubber match of, of the Kentucky Clemson Bowl. Actually, it's not because they the year Hatfield got fired, they played Kentucky in the Peach Bowl. So it's anyway, uh, it's two one Clemson. But uh, they because I remember talking to actually Keith about it. Because well, we were going to Liberty Bowl, and we we're like, if Clemson loses, they're going to finish eight and six. What an ugly record! Mm, so, yeah, it's, just, it's weird. It's eight weird. and six is the division champ, but they didn't. They won, and they finished nine and five. So anyway, but it is better than seven and six, and that's where Texas Tech finished after their thirty-four to fourteen victory over Cal this weekend in uh, another bowl game that I had no idea existed. Uh, I do know what the Independence Bowl is. I did not know what Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. They're, they're really starting to stretch with some of these things. So um, I remember uh, it will forever be the pull on weed eater Independence Bowl for me. 
Yeah. Uh, although the last time I went, when Carolina was there, it was the uh, Duck Commander Independence Bowl, which uh-huh. was amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It like there, there are just some brands that would fit better. Like Oreos needs a bowl game. You know what I mean? Like if you've got like a new ver, like a new flavor of Oreo that's coming out, and you wanted to buy that, uh, a, a, a you know the naming right, it'd be perfect. Or it's an easy something, something to eat. You could sell them in the ballpark. Or you get to advertise the you know Oreos chocolate chunk brownie or whatever it's going to be. Um, but you know some of these pl- roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl that's coming up on Thursday. I mean, come on, it's um, stupid. Well, man, this is like- you you got to figure. Yeah, some of these are probably. F- Fairly affordable naming rights, you know. Yeah, well, they've got to be there. They're changing hands so often. Yeah, I hate. I hate this though because it's like, all right. So South Carolina, for example, five of their nine or ten bowl wins of all time are the CarQuest and Outback bowls, which don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. But, I th- I feel like know. Outback screwed the pooch on that. That was well. That sucked so bad because it was Outback for so long. I mean, it was right. Outback since the mid nineties. I mean, it was mm-hmm. Outback. And we just started calling it the Outback Bowl. Like I remember, a- we stopped on the way back from the first Outback, and yeah. at an Outback, and got our blooming onion after we won the game. I mean, it, yeah, and now it's Relia Quest, and you're just like, eh. Now the Gasparilla Bowl, like, see, I like the bowls like that because Gasparilla Bowl is not. It's title sponsored, but it's Gasparilla because it's some kind of like pirate legend down in Tampa or something. Uh, I, I like I'd like to go back to that where it's either named after the city or you know you, you name it after something affiliated like like the bowl in Maryland, the, the military bowl. I get it that it's in, in Annapolis or whatever, but I would like to see it named the Crab Bowl because there's crabs in Maryland, right? I would like to see the uh, pinstri- the pinstripe bowl makes sense to me. The Fenway Bowl makes sense to me, but I'd like to see it maybe the Lobster Bowl. The Lobster hey, Bowl in Boston. Out, outside of the Lobster. main bowls, Duke's Mayo nailed it. They've got it. They figured it out. They figured it it's out beautiful. from a branded marketing standpoint. It's, it's a beautiful match could, of location and sponsor, truly. Yeah, because yeah. there could be a like, mayonnaise bowl. They, regard, they, yeah, right. you know. They nailed it. The Capital One Orange Bowl, they nailed it. The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, they nailed it. Uh, hey, the cheese it bowl, the cheese it citrus bowl, they nailed it. Like those are easy things. Like yeah, you can yeah but see, that. that took it away. But that took the cheese it bowl away from the cheese it bowl, and now it's the cheese it citrus bowl, and the cheese it bowl is now the pop tart bowl. Yeah, but they they also nailed it. Like that, those are things that work. And but when it comes to naming bowl games, like the rate radiance technologies, nobody's running to the internet to Google radiance technologies. It's just not happening. You know, like it's it isn't. I mean, the rest of the Tony the Tiger Sunball, they nailed it. Tony the Tiger, he's Tony the Tiger. Like, oh yeah, my kids might like that. Yeah, DRC has a good the Gay Dolphin Myrtle Beach Bowl. Yeah, I don't think that they should do that. Actually, I don't think that that would be a very good. Uh, I don't think that'd work up there. The Peaches Corner Myrtle Beach Bowery. The Bowery. <laughs> The Bowery oh, Myrtle Beach Bowl. Oh my God! <laughs> you know they they tried to bring a bowl game to Charleston, and uh, they of course had the. Um, oh gosh, we were a part of it when I was working at ESPN. Um, it was an All Star game. I can't remember the name of it now, but Taj Boyd came down, and um, I remember that slightly. It was the, the Charleston. Uh, 
Uh, the uh, Hall, no, not Hall of Fame. The I have to think about it. Anyways, yeah, we were part of it. We did all kinds of stuff with them. Charleston is also be great, a good location for a bowl game. I mean, it's... yeah, but the Citadel can't get out of their own way, so there's nowhere to play the game. That's the problem. Like the yeah, Citadel's Johnson. been trying to figure out for 20 years how to get another side of the stadium erected and make the place. You know, it'd be, it'd be it would be a great game for a smaller bowl game. It'd be a great place for a smaller bowl game. Uh, if Conway can do it, Charleston can. But the Citadel just continues to screw it up. So um, I, I don't really know. CSU, don't they have a night? I mean, I know it's not big, but they do have a football mm, stadium. You'd be better off playing at Somerville High School. Yeah. No, nah, well, I mean, no offense to CSU. <laughs> no, not where you, I, I can assure you the side of I 26 is not where you want to play a bowl game. No, I know. Yeah, you're just like you be able to. You got Sunoaks. They got that as you're parked in 26. Last yeah. time I was leaving Charleston, I stopped on that exit. That Sunoco right there. There's oh, there's some activity there. He called the Sunoco loitering bowl. Yeah, that's what said. Sunoco warrior. <laughs> I almost like I almost ran out of gas after that too. You could play it in that stretch between I ninety five and the next gas station. And uh, you call it the holy shit. I hope I don't run out of gas pole. Yeah. I <laughs> well, I mean, like, I'm sitting there cruising, man, because I didn't get gas at the Charleston Southern exit. I kept cruising right along, and my light comes on. I was like, oh, I got plenty of time. And I'm like, well, there's an exit, but everything's closed, and there's nothing here. And I mean, all the way up to like where that McDonald's and that truck stop are. I passed Panopolis and, or Demopolis and, Panopolis or all those exits get all the way past 95. And I'm like, I started freaking out. I was like, my God, it's because it was one after that night I left your house, dude. I was about to run out of gas. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. Man, I mean, that'd be I, a great place for a bowl game. You could go to the McDonald's and the pilot there. Oh, that's true. Have, yeah. a, have a pregame tailgate. Pre-game tailgate. <laughs> yeah. I, they, they, they're they're going to soon. They're going to be working on less bowls, not more, more like that. That era of, where can we add bowl games is over. Like, it's done. Um, you're out. Well, it's out now. One thing that was pointed out with the Pac-12 disintegrating, there's going to be a lot of bowls with tie-ins to that league that are like new partners. And the speculation I read today was that it's going to be like geography be damned. Like, you're going to see – and really, I like I kind of like that. Because, man, I mean, look, you think about this. It's been Big Ten versus SEC in what used to be the Outback Bowl in Tampa for 30 years. And most of the time they pick an SEC East team. Most of the time from the Big Ten, it's like Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State. You know, sometimes Michigan. I mean, how many times can you see Tennessee play Iowa in a bowl game? It's happening again this year in the Citrus Bowl. So Mm -hmm. why not? I, and I think to get more people to attend, you need – like I thought the smartest thing the SEC did was uh, contract with the Las Vegas Bowl and play out there every couple of years, you know, instead of Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, it's new. Florida got their fannies whipped going out there last year by Oregon State, but they had they had quite a few fans in the stands because it's a new destination, you know. Uh, I, I mean, you know, even this fan base, and sometimes I think it's a little ridiculous because – there's there's periods of time that pass that they're kind of tired of going to Tampa, you know, yeah. for, for for bulls. And and look at the difference. Like last year, South Carolina did not go to Tampa. People were they were, and they go to Jacksonville instead for the first time in how twenty five years, thirty five years, thirty five years. Yeah, it was it was, was nineteen eighty seven. Filled the bad boy up. The opponent had a lot to do with it, but 
heck, if they'd have played NC State or what anybody but North Carolina, I think South Carolina still sells quite a few tickets for that ball game. So, um, it, it so I, I, I see that happen, especially with the Pac-12 going away. The Pac-12 has like eight bowl tie-ins. They're going to have to figure it out. Well, they're going to have to. The Big Ten's going to have to add more. I mean, so is the SEC. You have to add more yeah. tie-ins. I mean, yeah. you can't you look where they are now. The SEC generally puts eleven, ten, so 10 teams, yeah. eleven teams in, and now you're adding two that are in there every single year. You got to add more bowl and bowl tie-ins. Yeah, so. I think Vegas will be a common every year Big Ten SEC matchup uh, out there because they it makes sense. And and I, I would I would think one other one heading west, especially now too. You know, you don't feel bad. Sending Texas, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, LSU, even out toward the west. I mean, it's they're already halfway across the country. So uh, I think that would be uh, pretty awesome. The Lizards Thicket Bowl. How about on that note, why don't you bring back Fried Squash Bowl? You're terribly disappointing. Lizards talking about Lizards Thicket? Yeah, I come back. I haven't leaked Lizards Thicket in like five years, right? Come back to Columbia. First thing I do is go to Lizard's Thicket. Order my usual. We don't have no fried squash anymore. Poo on you. Well, you know, life's a garden. You got to dig Delicious. it. Delicious. It, uh... Fried squash there was so much better than fried okra. I mean, and I like, I'm a, I'm a fried okra fan. I mean, so I just, a, yeah, just couldn't believe they, statement, It's like, how do you get rid of that, dude? Well, somebody tell yeah. me. If somebody knows a guy that runs Lizard's Ticket, tell me. I do. Tell me, tell I, me. I park in his parking lot. Well, next time you have a few chicken cocks next season, JB. I know all of them. I'm, I'm coming to tailgate with you. I'm going to bark up to that guy. Hey, listen. I asked you something. I know, I know very well. Squash. So I'm just sitting here soaking it all in. I'm like, huh, what should I tell Mr. Jimmy next time I see him? JC just threw you under the bus on our program. And uh, <laughs> asked everybody to transfer out of Lizard's Thicket and over to Zesto. So <laughs> now um, you want to get the Lizard's Thicket versus Wade's and Spartanburg debate? We could debate that, but I, no, I still I'm love Lizard's Thicket. I'm just, I was just terribly disappointed at the lack of squash. <laughs> On that note, I apologize uh, to the Williams family for doing that to their uh, hardworking business, but uh, we do need to step aside for a timeout. So we'll figure out which livelihood we can destroy next here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. <laughs> hey, folks. It's- the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues in Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescuesandresin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin and Rescues and Resin.
company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Yep, he sure is. Less than a week, Santa Claus will be coming to town. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndoco and always live from the Sina Rama Studios. JC, JB, and Phil. Tomorrow, uh, we will be joined both by Helmer Granahan and Mike Morgan. Wednesday, we'll be joined by Mike as well, and also Gamecock. Oh. Baseball coach Mark Kingston. Uh, he will be kind of wrapping up the fall and uh, having some Christmas fun with us as well. Of course, we'll be heavily covering National Signing Day. Uh, expected, though, to have all of those signing with the Gamecocks in the boat more than likely by the time we hit the airwaves at 11 o'clock. So we'll go through all of their profiles that day, too, and then um, begin to wind things down as we take our holiday break after Thursday's program. But we certainly uh, hope that all of you will stick around with us here. And make sure you use the Chief Sports app, too, for your holiday shopping. You can click on the Holidays button uh, with many of our great partners. They've got some amazing offers and uh, and um, help that help you here as uh, Christmas approaches way quicker than we wanted to, man. It's hard to believe it's almost here, but uh, it is. I will also be here Wednesday. Not tomorrow. Be here Wednesday tomorrow. I'll be a Wednesday because it's Santa Day. Just wanted to yes. Uh, but so you're not switch gonna... off the off day, and I have to go get uh, shoes for my wedding. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I gotta do it. I gotta. I gotta do it. So um, perfect. But yeah. So, but you'll have hail and you'll have the morgues, and then we'll have all four of us for a massive power hour on Wednesday on signing day, which will be amazing. Yeah. So I'm looking forward uh, to that. Also, be, uh, for those that catch me on 1075 the game, it's I'm not doing that tomorrow either. I'm doing that on Wednesday as well. So I've moved everything to signing day. Yeah, for those who catch me on 1075 the game, you won't catch me there until 2024. Um uh, <laughs> last week I, I couldn't do it. This week, uh this morning, Preston and uh Bill were off, and uh the next two weeks I'm off, and then uh, we'll reconvene down the road. So uh, for those that listen. There you go. Uh, real quick here on the 
rankings front uh, before we get back into some of this portal stuff. Carolina currently sixth in the 2024 transfer portal rankings. We had this conversation last week, though. Um, you know, it really all comes down to how many guys do you need to sign in the portal and are you filling those needs? So the, at the end of the day, these rankings uh, generally don't amount to much. Um, but this year, Carolina needed to sign a certain number of players, which they're working towards, and uh, they're signing really good players, and those really good players are filling the needs that they had. So it's all working out for them. Uh, but remember, remember, these rankings, you know, they take into account number of players committed, quality of player committed, and, and, and all that type of stuff. So it's it's all kind of – it's very subjective, uh, but uh, but Gamecocks do have a, a, a top ten ranking. Well, almost top five. I'll, I'll say this too. Somebody was commenting on, I guess they're only like signing wise. Like I said, they got 17. They're going to sign 16, 17 uh, from the high school ranks. They got nine in the portal. Uh, they're not, according to one of my guys on Big Spur that sent me a message about this that keeps up with the scholarship living, they're, they're right at 85 with, with everybody right now. So they don't have to sign a big class, which is interesting considering you had so many departures. Um, I guess they were over or younger, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, but uh, they're right at, they're going to end up right at the max. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be concerned. Cause I mean, man, these 16 or 17 guys are really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, these high school guys, everybody forgot about it because there hasn't been a commit in a long time, but Man, you got two five-star linemen. You got uh, two four-star linebackers. You got uh, a four-star offensive tackle. You got a top 70 tight end coming in. I mean, that's as good of a year on paper as as Carolina's had. So I I think it's uh, it's pretty solid. Uh, I guess Dante Reno fell to three stars for absolutely no reason. Um 24-7 update of their rankings. I guess he's a now three-star for uh, – even though he's a captain at the Under Armour All-American game, you know, that makes a ton of sense, right? Uh, so, uh, he's still a four per composite. So, let's uh, – you know, I guess like Trevon Ball, you know, went to Under Armour last year and all of a sudden magically fell from 90 to 88. So, uh, I guess uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, Carolina right now, 18th. Uh, in the uh, transfer, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, 18th in the 2024 recruit uh, composite rankings for 24/7 Sports, and and again at this point right now as it stands today, they're not expecting deflections, but uh, probably a couple of guys will keep our eyes on when it gets down to signing day uh, and see if they can hold on to them. But uh, two yeah, five it, it, in as well. So if you count the transfers, they're 15th. So if you mix everything together and the algorithm, the, 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 the team ranking algorithm, when you include the transfer still counts high school guys more, but you know, it's right there ninth in the, in a, in a 16 team sec because, because Texas and OU are coming in next year. They're, they're included in this. So Georgia, Bama, Florida's still hanging at third. That may not hold. Um, Texas, OU, Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, Carolina. There's really not that much difference between – I mean, Carolina's within five points of Tennessee and LSU, nine of Auburn. So they're right there in the middle, and which is, which is I think, a good spot for South Carolina to want to finish in recruiting every year. If you're kind of looking 
if you, if you weigh it and uh, you know, when it matters to you, I think that that's a realistic achievement. And if you get up there and you hit on guy and your, your hit miss ratio is high, which is what you, you want to have happen. That hasn't happened so far under Beamer, but you want that to happen. You can compete with whoever. I mean, you know, you just got to get there. So um, that's my thing. And yeah, weddings in Jupiter flip flops are appropriate. I'm gonna wear my feet are ugly. Uh, well, that's what my fiance tells me, uh, you know. But I'm a 46 year old overweight man with a beard, so normally I don't. I wouldn't expect me to have beautiful feet. Anybody out there would tell you. Uh, so I'm gonna wear some uh, some boat shoes. Cover those bad boys up. You know. Uh, uh, JC's our, our, wedding, by the way, coming up in just twelve days here on Inside the Game. We Cuts. should live stream it on YouTube. Yeah, I, I, I'm not doing that. I, I, don't I, I, I would not ask. I would ask you to do it. See, there's nobody coming to the wedding that I don't like dearly love. Like it's a really a reunion of every like best friend I've had in life, and my mom and and Nat's friend, and 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 so I would if there was somebody coming I didn't really like. I'd get them to do it, but there's no, there's no, it's a small gathering. So it's like, well, you, there's nobody to ask, you know, that's true. That's true. And here's some breaking news real quick too. Uh, Clemson defensive back, Andrew McCuba has committed to Texas uh, through the transfer portal. So that's an interesting, uh, interesting ad for, for the Longhorns coming up this week on the uh, bowl schedule. In case you haven't peeked at it, uh, nothing tonight, tomorrow though. UTSA, that UTSA team, Jeff Trailer, eight and four. Uh, they've got six and six. Marshall from Frisco, Texas, in the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. Uh, Thursday, December twenty first, South Florida and Syracuse down in Boca, in the Boca Raton Bowl uh, that night on ESPN. And then Friday evening, you've got a nice Georgia Tech had a nice year, finishing at six and six. They've got Gus Malzahn and UCF. That's an interesting game in the Gasparilla. Uh, on Friday night, December the 26th, from Raymond James in Tampa. The Knights are four-and-a-half-point favorites in it. Saturday, full day of college football. The Birmingham Bowl has got uh, Troy and Duke. Troy's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in Birmingham. Uh, you've got Arkansas State and Northern Illinois at noon uh, in the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery. Uh, James Madison and Air Force, 3.30 on ABC, out in Fort Worth, Texas, in the Armed Forces Bowl. Sean Elliott at 3.30 versus Utah State. Georgia State in Boise, Idaho. Boy, I need to probably check the weather to see if Sean and the boys are going to be frozen to death by the time they kick off. That's a 1.30 kick out there, so we'll maybe. Uh, South Alabama and Eastern Michigan in the 68 Ventures Bowl. I guess as good as mine, boys. From Hancock-Whitney Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. Matter of fact, Birmingham, Alabama, Montgomery, Alabama, and Mobile, Alabama, all hosting bowl games on Saturday, December the 23rd. Now that's something. Boy, you and and on top of that, luckily you you do have some some southerners. Uh you got Troy, they'll be there. You got Duke coming down. That that, that suffices. Um you, you got Arkansas State. Then you got Northern Illinois coming down to, to Alabama. Luckily, South Alabama is in that Mobile Bowl, but they got Eastern Michigan. So you, you got some Yankees coming down. It, it could be an interesting time on the roadways in the Yellowhammer State this weekend. Uh, 7.30 Saturday night from Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, Utah and Northwestern. Boy, that could be a fun one. 
and then Coastal Carolina late Saturday night at 1030. They've got San Jose State in Honolulu, Hawaii. And that is your bowl schedule for the rest of I the I want week. the SEC to get the Hawaii Bowl rocking and rolling, man. We need that. I don't. It's so expensive to go to Hawaii. Like, yeah. I would never go to the games. I can't afford it. Yeah. Well, if I can't afford it, then you got to think you get to make a work trip out of it. You know, the, the Chief Sports well, Network could send this. You know, they're going to pay for it. You got you got to think outside of the box with something like that. But no, um, so then I want to go. I to the don't Bahamas. know. Well, after that freaking um, fire, well, that's stuff, right. Up the road you know? in Charlotte, JB, you're good there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they, they moved the Bahamas Bowl to Charlotte. Boy, what a what a what a, a poop prize there. Let's say you're in one of those leagues that's going to the Charlotte the Bahamas Bowl. You're like, man, I, we just won our six. Where it is, we're going to the Bahamas Bowl, baby. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, ah, no, nah, we're moving this to Charlotte. And you're like, well, we'll maybe get to play in the Panthers Stadium, which, by the way, they didn't have more fans there than the Panthers had yesterday. Um, yeah, right. But no, 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 no. No, you're playing at uh, University of North Carolina, Charlotte's uh, Stadium out there in the suburbs. So you guys have a blast. <laughs> I wonder if they get they take them to the NASCAR thing like the Mayonnaise Bowl. I don't know. Where well, is – that was um, – who was it that was going to the game? They play that game later, right? Or they were supposed to. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to find it yeah. now. I, can't I don't know find if it's in the Bahamas this year. Yeah, well, Where's, uh, Gatling, where's Gatling ranked in the 24-7 sports rankings? Uh, I know he was a three-star. Oh, there it is. No, that's the Duke's Mayo Bowl, um, which I keep forgetting that North Western Carolina Kentucky was, and you know, ODU. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah, Western Kentucky and ODU. And you know dang well that Western Kentucky and ODU were both like, oh, man, shoo, going to get out of Northern Kentucky, Northern Virginia, enjoy some warm wa- uh, weather. Nope, going to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going to Charlotte, playing at Richardson Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Not Bank of America. Yeah. Yeah. Richardson Stadium in Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. That one's actually that kicks that oh you know what? I didn't realize that's that was day. I guess I didn't put it. That's in 50 minutes. Yeah, that's Hello. right. Yeah, it's half an hour after well, we close the show. Hi, I'm I'm Earth. Have we met? Like I gotta get you know, my what? bed in. Hold on. Wait a second here. Yeah, I was sitting here wondering. I was like, wait a second, they that game's on the 18th. That sounds familiar. Oh, that's today. Yeah, well, there you go. Let's Who's add that the to the bowl schedule, that? boys. Uh, famous toastery. Oh, that's the one that's famous toastery. Okay. Yeah, y'all ever eaten at the toastery up there? It's it's good eating. It's pretty good eating. No, it's a local chain in Charlotte. It'd be like the the Zesto's Bowl if they came to Columbia or the Lizards. Uh, bowl. So. See, that makes me think we should sponsor one. Chief Sports, whatever, okay. whatever bowl. Well, it would help us, but we would need to broadcast the game. Blind know. Squirrel doesn't think six and six teams deserve to play in bowl games. I will tell you this: mm. I'm going to back up, and, and Mike and Mike and I have discussed it. I think either on this show or, or otherwise, I'm in favor of letting all Power Five teams play in bowls if they have the uh, the uh, desire to do so, and not have a winning record. Yeah, and then make it group of five have to win seven to get in, because. Why? Because we're seeing six and six teams that are from the group of five match up against each other. And you're telling me, like, this uh, 
you know, Ohio, who I guess was six and six or whatever. You think that team's more deserving than South Carolina, who went through a gauntlet of an SEC schedule or Mississippi? See, I thought that about the UCLA Boise State game. I was like, you know, UCLA Carolina would have been a much better game. Yeah, I think this too. How about I'll throw this had a better crowd, better draw. Yeah, say you make it, make it this. You have to win one conference game. You know, you have to at least win one conference game to get in. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, yeah. hey, in the big – when we used to have the Big 16 in high school, <laughs> we used to have 0-10 teams get to the playoffs. I just – yeah, I might have started going into regionals. <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with that. But I don't agree – I'm not – I don't agree with that, but not on the premise of, like, I just don't agree that there's – like, Miami, Miami of Ohio at 6-6 six and six, is better than Kentucky at five and seven or something like that. Like, I don't believe that that's true either. I understand what you're saying. It actually makes sense. I just think we have too many games. So, like, I think, I think it would make more for more compelling TV, better matchup. Like, people, because people are going to watch, people will watch a four and eight Tennessee before they'll watch a six and six. But look, hey, I'll say this the ratings for bowls are so high. Yeah. The other side of it, and the other side of it too, like it's it's an argument that is so flexible. I mean, you can have it a multitude of ways because that might be the only time that that kid from wherever Miami of Ohio or whatever it is gets a gets a crack at anything like this. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, you know, Arkansas State at six and six being in a bowl game against Northern Illinois at six and six. That those kids, that, that's the high, that, that, that might be the highlight of their four or five year collegiate career. Whereas you get a guy who doesn't qualify for a ball game at five and seven South Carolina, that's they still got to play for the Gamecocks. So, like, I see this every different way. Yeah. Maybe, we're, maybe I'm overthinking it a little bit. Maybe, maybe you do this. Cause I, I thought the Big Ten had a good, the one good idea that league has ever had during the pandemic. So, so the, you know, the, of course they didn't start till October and they had egg on their face and only played five games or whatever. And yet Ohio State still got in the playoff. I, they, what they were going to do is, okay, Big Ten championship game is Big Ten championship Saturday. But then to get everybody another game, they were like, okay, then, you know, second place from this division is going to play second from the other. And they matched them up like that. What if you had like a rotating deal where every year – you like rotated it. And so like, all right, in other words, you're matched up with a league. You're, you're, you know, your top four have one league, you know, take the playoffs out of it. So then the next four SEC play the next four big 12 one year. And then the big 10 plays the ACC. And, and then you go on down the line and you kind of switch it up like that. And then you put them, you assign them and, and every bowl is wide open and it doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, the bigger ones get the bigger matchups, et cetera. And you kind of play like almost like an ACC-SEC challenge, like they're doing basketball, but it's football and it's it's a power five challenge. And then you do the same thing with the group of five for the other bowls, mm-hmm. which is essentially what they do, but it's all, the, all these conference tie-ins make it very stale, you know. And this way, maybe you could expand the bowl games, have more. <laughs> Hey, look, Mike Morgan will tell you this, and he's right. But, uh, but it, nobody's going to want to do that. Everybody opts out of them. I mean, like. Well, they got to fix that, too. But they can't because, fix it. 
I think uh, they need it. to change the rule about NIL because what these things are is me- they're TV deals and they're sponsorship deals. Is that not name, image, and likeness? Yes, it is. There's, yeah. I mean, so so you know, you, you you kick everybody some cash. I think you'll you'll you, you'll still have their your opt outs of your big time guys, guys. But some of these guys that are borderline that opt out just for the sake of it, like some guys do around the country. They won't anymore because they could make more money doing that than taking money from their agent and going and training for the extra week for the for the draft. I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I want to save the bowls because I don't want to get it to the point where, where in college football you only have twelve teams to go to the postseason and the magic ends for everybody else. The, the in thank, on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look forward to having seeing my team play an extra game. I don't care where it is, you know. And so I'm, I'm trying to kind of figure out a way to save it because if the playoff playoffs at 12 next year, and then if Tim Brando's right and in 2026, it goes to 16. That's 16. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. We got to take one final timeout, I believe. Right, Phil? Yeah, we got one short one. This is, it'll be a short break. RLE says the Rose bowl can eat a Charles Dickens. I agree. <laughs> It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. I don't have great expectations for that game any longer. No. No. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, Rose Bowl, it was the granddaddy of them all. But it's got Alabama and they Michigan don't have a big in it this year. Anymore. Oh, that, that's a great way to, to go out, I think. Yeah. If you're going to go out, yeah. <laughs> go out with Bama and Michigan. True. Hang tight. Final quick segment coming up here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Touchdown, Brewer. Set up the screen, and it goes to Brewer. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Brewer. His second of the day. Pitches it to Brewer. Turns to Cody. Touchdown, number three of the afternoon. Hey folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer Fence. That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job just as he does for everybody else. Whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience, and and service second to none. Ryan Brewer Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise and it's done on time and they do it right the first time. Again, you're not going to do any better than Ryan Brewer, Ryan Brewer Fence. The website is ryanbrewer.net. Set up an appointment today. Tell them Mike sent you. And speaking of bowl games, one of the great legends of Gamecock Bowl history, Ryan Brewer, ryanbrewer.net. If you need anything at all in the uh, fence industry, he's the best out there. I can tell you that. Ryan Brewer, 
Net. Welcome back, JC, Phil, JB here for another 10 minutes as we get you rolling right into Christmas, one week away from the great day uh, this holiday season. Cannot wait. Hope all of you have been very blessed and your families. Uh, our final day on the air this week is Thursday, and then we'll see you on January the 3rd here uh, next on Inside the Gamecocks, the Man. show. A uh, couple couple of quick nuggets here and a lot of basketball being played today. Nothing that stands out with the exception of here in the state of South Carolina. You've got Coastal uh, downtown Charleston to take on the Cougars. Um, but uh, tomorrow night really is more when the uh, the week's college basketball schedule starts to heat up a little bit. Um, with uh, Virginia and Memphis and Marquette on the road in Providence, they better be very careful uh, tomorrow night against a 9-2 and two Providence team looking to pull a major, major upset. Go ahead, J.C. I just looked at the roster for the Under Armour All-American game. South Carolina has more players in that game, especially if they get DeBron Gatling, than I think since maybe Alshon Jeffrey and DeMario Jeffrey and Stephon Gilmore and those guys that year, which was, I think, the first year of the game. Because they, they – and Gosh, uh, was that Dillard, the first year? Yeah, they played it at the wide world of sports on the soccer field, practice field. But it's kind of awesome because you got good seats. And uh, gosh, when I was with ESPN, we had it. We had it in Orlando one year, and then the next year we moved it to Tropicana Field in St. Pete. We kind of busted everybody that. over. And then okay, we can't. And then I guess after I left, and I'd still covered. I mean, gosh, one of my didn't Stephen play in that game? Stephen was okay. So here, Stephen's class, they didn't have an Under Armour game. They had what was called. Uh, you had the Army game, and that was the big game, and Scout.com had that. So Rivals, we were approached by a company called the Offense Defense All-American Bowl. And they're like, because there's so many kids that were good that weren't on the Army, and we're like, we'll take that and rock it. Uh, and ESPNU came and televised it. It was down at Fort Lauderdale. And we picked that game, and we had <laughs> Steven Garcia and Cam Newton were the quarterbacks on one side. Uh, I don't remember who was on the other. Des Bryant was in the game. Uh, a lot of Gamecocks. Travian Robertson, Cliff Matthews made it. Carlos Dunlap made it. Uh, went to Florida, obviously. Uh, one of the Hayden kids that went mm-hmm. to Florida made it. Um, How many does South Carolina have in it this year? I know they had – I so, counted so yeah, six on Team Fire. I'm going through it. Okay, so Dylan Stewart, Cam Pringle, Jalua Solomon, Dante Reno, right. Mason Love. And then if Gatlin commits, that's six. Yeah. Now, now for what used to be called the Army, I guess it's Adidas and or whatever. It's in San Antonio. I think there's Josiah Thompson, and I'm looking through the rest of it. By the way, 24-7 sports picks that game. So, I don't know. There is a difference of opinion <laughs> out there about South Carolina's players that are committed. Um So, six you know, players in the Under Armour All-America game. For, I for can't game remember. Picks. And to me, to me, both games are good. So Daniel Hill is in the game in San Antonio, but he's not coming mm-hmm. uh, unless it's just a big surprise. Um, yeah, they don't they don't have any other. They have uh, they have Josiah Thompson out there in San Antonio, and uh, oh, Fred well, would, Johnson, Fred Johnson. That would be the it? most ever, uh, mm-hmm. according to the history here, because in twenty eighteen. The Gamecocks had four players, J.C. Horn, Roe Lewis, Hank Manos, and Dylan Wonham. And then back yeah. in 2009, Stephon, Devontae, Alshon, and Demario Jeffrey 
this was this will be six. Yeah, uh, definitely five, but six if DeBron Gatling but, ends up committing to Carolina. But then, but then you're talking about because Josiah Thompson and Fred Johnson are in Army, or it's not Army anymore, San Antonio, which I I don't I, mean, I used to love the Army All Americans. It was patriotic, and all the troops would come and you know watch the game. There was something to be said for that. And I always preferred Under Armour because I like mm-hmm. spending time in Orlando more than San Antonio. But but there was still something to be said. But it's not. It's Adidas. But anyway. Um, so Josiah Thompson and Fred Johnson are in, in San Antonio. So that's eight players. That's almost half the classes at a national all-star game, mm-hmm. which to me means a whole hell of a lot more than star rankings. Because if you, you don't get selected for these games, if you're not good and, and they're great exposure because they're on national TV and everybody's talking about your players. So now look, mm-hmm. I'll say this. There's been some players that have played in national all-star games that haven't haven't worked out. Rosendo Lewis was one. Big mystery. Don't know why. Played well in that game. Yeah, uh, Ro, it, well, I'm pretty sure didn't Roe have some – he got banged up a little bit early, didn't he? Very badly and never recovered and yeah. never – he just never got better. So, you know, very instinctive guy. I mean, that's one that, that shocked me. Um, yeah, through – I only have it through 19 on Under Armour's side, but through 19, yeah. Pickens, Sanders, Jaquez, Sorrells, Horn, Roe Lewis, Manos, Wonham, uh, Aaron Sterling, Jam Williams, Shamit Blackshear, Christian Pellage, Casey Crosby, and uh, Dexter Weidman, um, Kelsey Griffin, and Natai Rogers, Chad Elder, Shaq Rowland, and Brock Stadnick back in 2012, Clowney. Uh, There's a lot of guys didn't pan out on that list. (laughs) Yeah, AJ can. Yeah, early on, CC was the first. Uh, CC was 08. Of course, I I love it. They got a minute down here is Charles Whitlock, but CC was the first. Uh, So CC, Stefan, Devante, Alshon, Demario, Jeffrey, AJ can, Jadeveon, Clowney. Boy, they it was they were nailing it for a while, Um, and then since then it's it's been uh, I'd say, you know, pretty hit or miss. I mean, they really didn't. Um, you know, Natai uh, could have worked out. Um, he just got, yeah, he he, he was part of that transition. Kelsey. Uh, oh, Brian, Brian Maddox was also on that uh, offense-defense All-American Bowl game. And, you know, oh, shoot. Oh, that Brian was 07, was... before they started Under Armour. Yeah, I was about to say uh, Brian. 07, was... yeah. He was, ESPN had him ranked pretty high, of course. Uh, Brian, Brian made some plays through the years. You know, if you, if you remember at the Alabama game, I'll never forget. I like watching they Brian. Gave, they, they gave Marcus a breather and they put Maddox in and he rips off about a 23 yard run. <laughs> and it was awesome. We uh, ran hard. That's we when you angry. knew it was, it was their day. It was just Carolina's day that day, you know, is that, uh, everybody was making plays, but, um, yeah, Dexter Weidman was just, dis- there was a lot of disappointing guys. Brock Stadnick never, did much, but uh, still, I kind of started picking back up here. And Sterling had a nice career, and I'd say yeah. that Jam Williams had a nice career too. But got a lot better for him when he went to play for Sean and turned into a running back at, at Georgia State. But Dylan Wonham, um, J.C. Horn, clearly, and then you know yeah. Zach and and uh, Shiloh's had a nice career too. So um, yeah, yeah Shiloh's been good out there at Colorado too, and at Jackson State as well. Um, yeah, oh, AJ and then, Cam, steady Eddie, man. 
Uh, AJ Cam, very, very good. I think Brandon Shell was in Army too. The what was the Army at that time? So there's been some good ones. I, I just think it's always good to have more than less in these games, just because, like I said, the exposure you get and a total of eight across both major games, and you've only got 17. Well, if Gatlin commits, you have 18 high school guys in the class. You know, that's dang near half your high school class is playing in a major national all-star game. Mm-hmm. Like I said, on paper, this class is pretty doggone salty. You know, I mean, two five-star linemen. I mean, you, you got an out-of-state five-star for the second year in a row. I mean, yeah, it, it gets players. overshadowed because of the transfer portal, but it still, it still means there's good players coming into your program that can help. I mean, Dylan Stewart's going to be able to help next year. Right, problem maybe more than anybody we we talked about from the portal, you know. So yeah, that game, by the way, will January. that game will be played on uh, Wednesday, January third. January third. It's doing it again, Phil. You both are moved. You both are muted. Oh. Well, hey. he's probably good. Yeah, we're probably good now. We can speak uh, again. I don't I don't make anything out of Hill wearing Gamecock gloves. I, last I was told, they're not getting him. So I'll, I just, I'm just going to stick with what I've been told about that. If Here's that the thing. In the day and age of NIL, these players are being taught, and rightfully so, that their engagement on social media it will directly reflect the amount of money that they are worth in their value and are going to do absolutely anything and everything to get you to follow them across all platforms, including wearing your gloves when they have absolutely no intention of coming to your school. That's a great way to end the show because that's some wisdom dropped right there. Eh, Phil, you must have got some good sleep last night. Either that or been drinking this morning with John Little, one or the other. So John inspired me uh, not to drink on the show because I don't drink on the show, contrary to popular opinion. Uh, but I will definitely have one afterwards. <laughs> Thank God for chicken cock whiskey this time of the year. Thanks to John for joining us earlier. Mike Morgan and Hale McGranahan tomorrow. And we look forward to that. Always thanks to Phil and JC and all of you. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is built by the Barndo Co. And live from the Sinorama Studios. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 here on the Chief. Sports Network.